Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, People Day Fensome here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, thanks for everyone that's been in touch regarding the Dire Straits episode. Um, yeah, not a classic album, I think uh, it's fair to say. Uh, had a few uh, comments here and there, a couple of people enjoying the heavy fuel. Uh, looking at you, DMA237. Um, <laughs> there we had fun listening to it. So, well, we had fun recording it in a way, uh, if not necessarily listening to it. Uh, this week we're continuing with a rock theme. We've got Guns N' Roses uh, Usual Illusion Part 2 for you here. Uh, if you're wondering why we're starting with Part 2, it's because that was the number one album, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the way these rules work. Uh, there is a bonus episode. We're doing uh, Usual Illusion 1 as well, uh, much to Krista's dismay. So yeah, check it out, revisiting these um, big albums for me as I was growing up. So uh, let's see how they held up. Uh, Thanks for everyone that's been in contact on the Twitter about these albums as well. Loads of interactions regarding people putting up their top tens and stuff. Uh, If you want to hear more about those, those are in the second bonus episode. So hang on tight for those. I want to give a special shout out to Ian uh, Kilgan, who's been in contact with us uh, with a couple of really nice emails, enjoying the podcast. Uh, It calls us out a little bit on uh, the fact that we might have a little bit of genre bias here there we, we try not to Ian we do try not to but yeah I guess you know I guess we do have our natural uh, inclinations but certainly do not think that we do not like soul music we do we just don't like the soul music we've heard so far uh, but thank you so much for getting in contact with you glad you're enjoying the podcast on the whole um as ever, this podcast is brought to you by On The Edge Comedy. On The Edge Comedy is the best new acne material night taking place in Brighton on the first and third Fridays of every single month. This Friday, uh, which is the 15th, we have got the uh, wonderful Barry Ferns headlining for us. Uh, if you know anything about Angel Comedy in London, you know Barry Ferns is great great dude really strong headliner uh come on down only six pounds last three shows are only six pounds come on down and enjoy that anyway guys with no further ado we are going to crack into the podcast i hope you enjoy this episode Yes, yes, people. Back here with episode 14A of uh, Pop Collaborate and Listen. The podcast. A? 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. You might want to start again. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking long night. God. 14A. It's 14A because we are doing a, uh, not a double album, but well, an album in two parts. No, exactly. I actually wish it was a double album so it would just be one show and we could get done with it. But then that would be the most ridiculously sized double album in the world. Yeah, that's not the way I feel about this. I bet. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I mean, you know what it's about. You've got the name of it on the download. But uh, yeah, today, what are we talking about, Krista Greer? We're talking about Guns N' Roses and yep. their Use Your Illusion 2 album yes indeed so obviously if you don't know the backstory between usual illusion these were the albums that came out in september it was september 1991 
September 1991. Uh, basically, these were the long-awaited follow-ups from uh, the enormous roller coaster juggernaut that had been Appetite for Destruction, one of the biggest selling records of the 80s. Well, and of all time. And of all time now, yeah. yeah. I mean, an absolutely fucking enormous album, quite rightly so. I mean, I'm going to stake my uh, flag to the mask right now mm-hmm. uh, and say that I think that Appetite for Destruction is one of the best albums ever recorded. I think anyone who's listened to this will have gathered that because the amount of times you said, you know, one of the things back in that day was, well, I was listening to Guns N' Roses, which led me to this. Yeah. And I was listening to Guns N' Roses, which led me to that. Yeah. That is one of your absolute biggest thing yeah, is from I mean, your there is, there is probably no there's probably no uh, more important band to me in the history of me listening to music than Guns N' Roses right it opened up right. many many doors and as we will discover as we go through that it doesn't mean that I think that everything they did was perfect right right well no of course okay but Anyway, so obviously this was long, long awaited. Um, people weren't sure what to expect for it. It was a long time in development, uh, and they decided in the, the most bloated sense of bloated rock and roll to produce, instead of just one album or a, a double album, two full albums uh, released as entirely separate packages, so people had to buy them twice. Yeah, released on the same day. Same day, midnight yeah. of the previous night. Now, the reason we're talking about uh, Usual Illusion 2 first is because it is the album that went to number one. People will say, well, why would that happen? It's because it had the big lead single Right, yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, at the time that they came out, the single that was doing the rounds was... Uh, you could be mine. Yeah, which had had a lot of rotation. It had a big video on MTV. It had right. Arnold Schwarzenegger in the video. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that when mm-hmm. we get to the song. Uh, so that's what kind of tipped the uh, the balance of the scales. I mean, both of these records are certified now seven times platinum. Yes. In the states, both platinum records in the UK. Yes. Uh, I mean, the expectations for these records were enormous. They probably slightly underperformed what was going to be expected of them, but. That was because the expectation was so high that people were sure. saying these albums might be bigger than you know Michael no. Jackson albums, and they weren't. But right, or well, the, presumably they were saying they might be bigger than Appetite. Yeah, you know that they've had four years to come up with the new stuff, and they've been on tour, and they've got you know their shit down tight. Yeah, these albums might be even better than Appetite for Destruction. So yeah. that was an, an expectation as well, which is incredibly hard to live up to. Yeah, I mean we we and we've got a lot of things going on within the band. Obviously, we've got yeah. a band. Pro- Propelled from literally nothing to being the biggest band in the world, yeah, pretty sure. much. Uh, we've got the fact that there's an awful amount of drug addiction within the band at that moment. You know, you've got Izzy Stradlin and uh, Axl Rose are both overdosed at different times. I think Slash possibly had as well. I'm not sure right. on the timeline for that. Right. Obviously, uh, Duff is also a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And uh, they part ways midway through the recording of these albums with uh, their drummer, Stephen Adler. Absolutely, yeah. This is the last that, that they performed with him at all, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. Civil War is the last track last on track here. That we'll, on. It's the last yeah. track that he records on. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of lot of drugs going around. Uh, so the lifestyle that they yeah. have you know, put themselves into is probably taking a massively heavy toll on everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of egos have become inflated. But what is most important is pretty much anything that they want is theirs. Oh, no one's selling them, no. Yeah, I absolutely. mean... You, you can tell in, you know, the fact that they're allowed to release two full albums on the same day, no one has said, 
That's really not a good idea. No, people are encouraging this. Yeah, sure. Let's go back to uh, an, an album where someone had success on the first record and then bought out uh, a second record, The Christians. Um, <laughs> yeah. We know that didn't work yeah, out too well for us, did hey, we? Hey, mate, The Farm had a number one and then the next two didn't even chart. There you go, yeah. mate. But look, if you go back, if you want to hear what we think about... Uh, uh, the Christians. It's. I mean, it's a bad recording, but if it's a second second podcast oh, we ever yeah, did. But what about the podcast? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! That's why we do this podcast with you, my friend. Boom! Business Fucking bullets. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Fucking always on this motherfucker. Uh, right. Um, okay, but let me ask you this then, because I was like, we just said you were the biggest Guns N' Roses fan in the world yep. in 1991. You had, uh, you know, presumably. All the singles up to now, you'd you know been keeping tabs on everything they were doing. Had you seen them live at this point in ninety one? No, no. But you were fucking excited, presumably, for this album to come out. Uh, I was, yeah. And did you buy it day one? Did you manage to afford, hear it? I couldn't afford nah. it day one, but I I got hold of I got hold of the first one probably within about a week of it being okay, out. right. And then my friend Lee Vincent had the second one, so we did the old copy the, of sure. tape. Right, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I had I had Usual Religion one. That was the one that I absolutely mm-hmm. hammered and then i got usual religion too you a got little this bit one a little bit later fair enough all right for anyone it, that sounds strange too if you're if you're younger that's kind of the way it was oh it absolutely you know was. i mean i'd have been i'd have been 15 i think when this came out yeah you know if you didn't have a money available you know you maybe had a i mean i had a paper round and i had sure. some money but you know an album was 15 quid exactly and if you've got something else you've got to spend your money on that week then you've that you're fucked no basically. totally and as we've seen uh in you know recent podcasts and throughout the 1991 stuff we've been doing there were a lot of albums coming out this year yeah that you specifically were interested in so mm-hmm. you were having to go all right well i'll get this one but i can't get that one if i do that and so i'll copy that one off it exactly. so yeah exactly so it is you buy you pick and choose, and you buy the one that you like. Okay, I have to have this, yeah, and I'll live without that until I can. Exactly, it's like the gold Pokemon cards. If you're younger, uh, okay, I, I, I don't even have no, such a thing as a gold Pokemon card. I don't know, <laughs> you're just conflating Willy Wonka and Pokemon there, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, football stickers. You get gold anyway. Oh. Anyway, so right, what's your uh, relationship with Guns N' Roses? Where were you at this point? At this point, yeah, disliked them. Yeah, actually, actively disliked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in as much as, as I've said before, I, I didn't like kind of metal and while well, this isn't metal this was the wrong side of rock for me at this point I, yeah. I wasn't into it um I indie rem- snobbery indie snobbery totally I, I remember seeing on the chart show whenever paradise city video would come on i'd be like are these cunts fucking hell who are these dickheads i don't even know how we're fucking friends and, and i remember whenever uh, the you could be mine single came out yeah and i do remember a little bit about this album release and going well don't give a shit yeah but i remember the single you could be mine and i remember going yeah what a bunch of shit mm. yeah mm. Uh, it was on the radio presumably or it was wherever i was finding music and i was not into it at all and it was years before i even started liking some of the, the older guns and roses right. stuff it was properly you know Mid nineties, really. That's insane. Yeah, just That's didn't fun. like it, and definitely took against them because I thought they looked like pricks. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a tribal it's a tribal thing, it isn't is it? it? Whereas I thought they were the coolest fucking people on sure. earth, right? And you know, and to be honest with you. The truth resides somewhere in the fucking middle well, of that, right? Sure. Probably closer to your version. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, because I wasn't into them in even eighty eight, eighty nine, whenever yeah. they were at their absolute, you know, on the rise peak. Because I didn't give a shit about them then, when this happened, I really didn't give a shit about them because it was like, oh, it's another album from these guys. Nah, not for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we may have said this last week. I have never 
listened to these albums before. Right. Okay. And that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Now, because now, and these are very different albums to Appetite for Destruction. Yes. And obviously, we're going to talk about that a lot. Now, obviously, Appetite for Destruction was very much, you know, two guitars, uh-huh. bass, drums, Axl Rose, sure. basically. That's kind of, that's what you had. There were no keyboards, there were no pianos. Yeah. There were a couple of little bits of tinkering here and there in the studio. Very much a straightforward rock and roll album. Yeah. And was it, is it 10 songs? Was it 12 songs? Uh, 11 or 12. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look at an album right. cover. Um, but it's tight, anyway. But it, oh, it's super tight. I mean, yeah. it's, there, there is very, very little fat on that record. And uh, mm. again, like, you know, the deep cuts on it are very rewarding after time as well. Yes, indeed. You, uh, you love some of those uh, non-single yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a bad track on that record. Fine. I mean, there's some fucking bad opinions on it. <laughs> sure, okay, and, well, musically. Know, and we'll dig into that as well, you know. I mean, yeah. obviously, there are a lot of things have gone on in this life, and a lot of them involve relationships with women. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, there's some opinions come through there. I mean, you, you, I mean, this is a deeply misogynistic set of records <laughs> yeah. from a deeply misogynistic genre at a deeply misogynistic time. But we've talked right. before about a kind of apologism for yeah. 90s hip-hop and things along those lines. No, and so, I mean, we might get into some of that stuff as we talk. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll definitely have to mention it because there are some standout bits you go, all right. Really? Yeah. yeah, but up up, up front, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know it's very difficult for me to look at this album with a completely uh, fresh set of ears. No, indeed, this is the, it's gonna be a difference between you and me because you, I'm assuming, once you had these albums back in the day, yeah, did listen to them a lot. Oh, I know these albums backwards. Right, so backwards it's not like you listened to them and went, oh well, they're not as good as Appetite, so I won't ever listen to them again and, yeah. and shelved them. You you kept with them and kept I mean, going. It, it was more than that as well. It was it was the you know as I was getting into this thing more, mm. I had a limited bank of records. Okay, know. so they were in the rotation. Yeah, I mean they were the rotation for quite a while. Gotcha. You know, I mean right. I, I listened to these albums backwards and forwards, left and right. You know, in that way that you do when you're fifteen. Oh shit! Or yeah. certainly that I did when I was fifteen. Oh god, absolutely. I would sit with the liner notes and make sure I knew all of the words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Shit, right. So anyway, look, I think we yeah we've covered off a few uh, caveats there. Yeah, um, but you know, part of this is usually to say how big it was and you've said it's seven times platinum it's a massive yeah. massive record it was only number one in the UK for one week yep uh, but it, they were number one and number two yep obviously and the same in the States as well absolutely so they were big they were massive first week bing bang bong number one and two but they did hang around for a while as well we'll see them in the next few podcasts when we do the top yeah. ten rundown they do linger around sure and in terms of uh, if you think of single releases and mm-hmm. the the kind of the marketing shit that goes on with this. There are five singles. Yep. Let's say five singles, I think, is, is the easiest way to describe it, from this album, from Usual Illusion 2. Yep. And the latest one was released in January 1994. Yes, indeed. Right? So this is a long, long marketing plan. Oh, without a doubt, mate. I mean, you know, you've got to bear in mind that this band played in Wembley 1991, Wembley right. 1992, Milton Keynes Bowl 1993. Right, okay. You know, um, and I was, you know, I was at two, two out of three of those. I mean, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. I mean, because this, because uh, they toured before this album came out because they didn't get the album out in time before the tour started. All oh, right. So a lot of this, the final bits of these uh, albums were recorded in like disparate studios around wherever they were. Oh, is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. They okay. were like, they, I mean, you know, I mean, it's weird. A band full of heroin addicts and bad at timekeeping. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk no. it? Exactly. Okay, but yeah, big, Excuse big me, albums. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. I'm going to apologise up front. I'm losing my voice a little bit today. You can probably oh, no. hear it. So by the end of this fucking massive conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and you're singing along, which I'm yes, sure is going to happen quite a bit. Oh, and uh, uh, the other point we should make, we haven't made this actually so far. What we're doing here, in this podcast, this is going to be a normal format podcast. Oh, right, we're yeah. going to talk about uh, Usual Illusion 2 because it was number one okay so if you're just a fan of listening to the number one albums you only need to listen to this one however because uh the other album came out on the same day it's basically part of the same body of work we're going to do a bonus podcast that i've basically made chris to do I was gonna say, that's not the because it's not because that's what happened that we're doing this bonus podcast because you really really want yeah because i insisted yeah on it. <laughs> yeah yeah sorry and we, rec- and we record around my house with my dog <laughs> so the reason this is part a is we're going to have a part b which is going to be us talking about usual illusion one we're not going to talk about uh, albums or singles on that one Indeed. yeah that'll just, just be more of a run through yeah we'll, we'll rattle through that one i think well i mean i, I crystal will rattle through it i'll talk at- oh and that's fine because i've done very little prep for the Use Your Illusion 1 album. You be ashamed of yourself. Okay, so let's start, as we always do, with the artwork for this one. Uh, right, yes. So it's both albums have kind of the same artwork in different colours. Yes, they're yeah. from uh, an Estonian-American artist uh, called Mark Kostabi, and it's basically details from a Raphael painting called The School of Athens. Okay, okay. all right. Um, so the highlighted figure here, this guy... Yeah, is uh, not identified as any. The one who looks looks like he's getting his reflex tested at the doctor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm, uh, is he wearing a bandana? It looks kind of looks like he's wearing one of Axel Rose's bandanas. Of course he is. But who knows what the fuck he's doing? The only difference between one and two is the color scheme. Uh-huh. Obviously, you've got a grayed out figure in both of them. Uh, in contrast, from another figure in the background on Usual Illusion Two, it's in the purple and blue color scheme, mm-hmm. and then on Usual Illusion One, it's in the red. And sure. yellow colour scheme. Uh, what do you think of the album covers? Boring. Um, I, think, okay. I think there's nothing going on. I don't understand why that's their thing. I've, I've, I've totally I've never loved these album covers. Okay. I think, you know, they're, I, I don't think they're bad album covers. They're very distinctive. And you, you see yes. them, you know immediately what it is. Yeah, because they're so big. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I have very fond memories of seeing them fucking blown up 40 feet on oh, either side of the speaker stacks at, at Wembley oh, Stadium. I see, okay, right. One on either side, uh, one okay. red and one blue. But yeah, they, I don't think this is a great There's nothing to do with cover. Guns and Roses on there. And there's nothing to do with rock and roll or... No, but I think that's... I think, even illusions. It's I, not, not I a magician. think that is... Uh, well, the the piece of art, I think, was called Use Your Illusion or something. Oh, was it? There was there was some there was some I context was like Athens. I, I can't fucking remember what it was. I read it. I read what the context oh, was right. earlier, and I can't remember. I, 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 that's the kind of thing that I would have known immediately when I was fifteen. But okay, it's faded from my brain because I've had to learn about mortgages. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I don't think they're great album covers, but they're distinctive and they do the job. Sure, but it, it's not a patch on the Appetite album. No, I mean the Appetite album is well, depending which well, cover you're yeah. looking at. It's not yeah. a patch on either, but yeah. uh, it's it's not as iconic. No, I, I mean, yeah, so. but, you know that that whole kind of Guns and Roses kind of five skull thing is so fucking iconic. You couldn't, you know. Oh sure, yeah. I just thought they probably would have. Well, here, actually, I'm going to contradict myself immediately because I thought that the record company would have insisted it was something more reflective of that. 
But then again, like you say, nobody was telling them what yeah. to do. No one's telling these guys what yeah. to do. They're going to do what the fuck they want. They've well, they did. All the money and all the power. At the yeah, moment. yeah, totally. So, anyway. But, I mean, I think, you know, part of it is deliberate. I think part of it is them going, this is not just a rock and roll album. This is mm-hmm. a bigger conceptual piece of work. We are okay. more mature as artists in some places. <laughs> in some places, in yeah. In some fucking yeah. places. Yeah, we should definitely caveat that. Anyway, okay, well, so okay. let's let's crack straight in, shall we? Right. Track number one, Civil War. This was the fourth single of this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released as an EP over here in May 1993. Yeah. Got to number 11, but it's presumably like the eighth single off both of them. Something along yeah. those. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have any of the singles off this record no. at all. They must have I, just been chucking them out every couple of weeks. I mean, when I was reading, I was like, oh, well, that was a fucking single. Right, yeah. You well, know, I remember it being a T-shirt. I don't remember okay. it being a single, you know. All right, well, yeah, Civil War, play a little bit of this. What we've got here is failure to communicate. A little sample from Cool Hand Luke. Something yeah. You just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. It's a nice little mellow acoustic riff. Yeah, and there's, again, an interesting way to start an album with a, a more downbeat song. Mm-hmm. When you're Guns N' Roses and you are like, no, we're going to start with this kind of more laid-back yeah. sound, yeah. Look at your young men fighting Look at your women crying Look at your young men dying The way they've always done before Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they've had patience out, they've had ballads out before, so it's not. Yeah, okay, this is not brand new. And this is like a protest song about the evils of war in general. And which is, you know, when you bear in mind how fucking utterly nihilistic and narcissistic the first record was. Mm, Right, yep. Well, there that power chord drops in, and that's glorious. I like the little tink with dinner in the background. Axel just comes in with that vocal, man. That's Very Axel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's no one sounds like him. No, man. That kind of raspy voice that he does with yeah. that kind of weird, wavery thing on the note that, you know, the, on the sustain of the note. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a weird way to start the album, uh-huh. but for me... That kicking in is almost the start of the album. That's I like see, a little kind okay. of that, that's intro, and then in it comes. Right, it's a little bit of a tickle on the balls, yeah, and then a punch in the face. So good, man. Right, okay. So you got that, then he kind of goes into that guitar solo, big guitar solo. Sure. Then there's a kind of a, a semi-spoken kind of pre-chorus bit. Yeah, the spoken word bit I thought was a bit strange. Well, honest. look, there is a general rule to both of these albums. Uh-huh. If Axel's saying something, yeah, in an almost spoken wordy bit. Because it does happen a few times. Yeah. Generally, it's bollocks. Right. I've noticed that for sure. Generally, okay. it's gen- whatever you say about Axel, there are moments when his writing ability outstrips his thinking. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Or, his, or, or, or his ability to edit himself at times, right? Sure, okay. But the thing about this song, right, is it's a little bit sixth form profound, okay? Right. Yeah. As protest songs War are. War is bad. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's, you know, it's, it's obviously well-meaning, but it's, it's plaintive rather than risible for the most part. I, I didn't have an, an issue, to be honest, with the 
in the same way that we've seen in some of the other albums where you're like, fucking hell, this is bad, yeah. bad, uh, just cheesy shit that you're saying. I thought this was well presented enough in terms of the lyrics. I, th- I mean, I think this is, you know, I mean, I, th- I, th- I mean, I think the song's a fucking banger. I love this song. Oh, right, yeah. I absolutely love uh-huh. this song, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's just a big kind of well-constructed piece of stadium rock that's reflective of where they are. And it does that thing where it straddles the line between being a ballad and being a kind of out-and-out rocker mm-hmm. that encapsulates quite a lot of what this era of Guns N' Roses is it doesn't swagger it doesn't have okay. the same kind of uh like kind of swinging kind of beat yeah. yeah and a lot of that I think is to do with I mean this is a bad example because uh Stephen Adler plays on this oh song but the writing of this record in general and the way these songs sound and the way that they groove you do feel that element, that kind of rhythmic element has gone. There's a bit missing. Right. Or it's changed. Yeah. Right, but, okay. I mean, you know... Th- but this... I mean, you say Stephen Adler plays on this song. I read that the drum track is pieced together from 20 or 30 drum takes. Yeah. So that they had something they could actually use. And and this is and this is the thing, you know... Because it's just so fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the reason, you know, they didn't... You know, they didn't throw Stephen Adler out just because he was a junkie, because everyone in the band was a junkie. No, oh, cool. yeah. But they threw him out because he was a, a junkie and he couldn't. He lost the ability. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. and that's the thing because this was recorded quite early on in the process, wasn't yeah. it? It's one of the first ones they actually mm-hmm. recorded, which is why he's still there. But it's the last straw, and they were like, "All right, this is we can't do this anymore." Exactly. Yeah. Fair exactly. Enough. So yeah, and obviously then you kind of from there you kind of get into the second solo, which is the better of the two solos. Right. Super, super dramatic solo. Um, and there, yeah, that, and that's when you get into the really kind of, um, the, the kind of the, the spoken bit that is a bit kind of mm. stupid. Now, you know, I, I've criticised songs for weeks now about being too long. Is this song too long? Yeah, I think so. It is. Yeah, it is, but right, it also I mean, isn't. I, I, you know, for me, this song never outstays its welcome. Okay, um, it's seven minutes forty-two. I tell you what, it doesn't need. Uh-huh. It, it, like he's doing really, really well on the kind of being on the right side of acceptable fake profundity. Uh-huh. And then just before the end, he goes, I... what's so civil about war anyway? Like, it's like, oh, uh, you nearly no. did it. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly got there, Axel. I've got a note about that. Is it so unnecessary? What's so civil about war anyway? It's just a bum note, isn't it? It's like, yeah. What's so civil about war anyway? Yes, it, fuck off, mate. It's a bad... It, that, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to argue with <laughs> no, you, right? You're right. You know, if the, the the recording engineer had accidentally lost that little bit, it would have made the song better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have done. and He'd have been fired and shot. <laughs> yeah, never but, worked in that America again. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, but I like the way the song ends as well. you okay. kind of got the, the little whistles and the kind of the battle effects. I think this is a good affecting song I fucking love it every time it's played live yeah. it's a brilliant song I think this is a great song and it's a really good start to this record fair enough I, I do I like this song yeah. I prefer it uh, the first half I think whenever it goes into that the, 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 the double time and goes into the more kind of upbeat rock stuff mm-hmm. I think it's it loses a little bit of something I think okay you've gone back to just standard Guns N' Roses that I was expecting right. but I think that first half is really nice cool. I think it's lovely I do like the guitar riff um, and I think his vocal it works for this song because I do have a bit of an issue with his voice. Okay. Uh, because I was never a fan back yeah. in the day, coming to it later, it's so extreme. It's such a um, one or the other. Like it's it's a binary decision sometimes. Do you like it or do you hate it? Yeah. And I do sometimes have issues with him just being like, why are you singing like that? I see. I, you know, and, and that's, you know, and I, I fully understand that. I mm. think that's a perfectly valid point, but. 
I'm on the other side of the of scale. Of course, not because you were I've into it always, from day one. I've always enjoyed Axel's voice. I just think he's got fuck. I, I just think there's just something about. I mean, he's a, there's a lot of versatility. He can do a lot. Of, I don't like everything he does. There are well, there are certain voices and there's things. Some that he, songs he shouldn't have done at all, and there's where he's doing different styles. Oh well, we will discuss yeah. those in depth. Yeah. I'm sure. Anyway, right. Because, okay, but no, I I I'm good with this one as well. I think this is a good opener. Great, because I was I was like wondering, is this going to work? Is it going to be a bit? Oh, it's just a nothing happening song. Mm-hmm. But no, it picks up and it's good and it, it's uh, a solid. It's like two minutes too long, but it's a solid opener. And I've got a little um, scheme on my spreadsheet for my notes okay. where I've gone green, amber and red okay. on whether this song is, is okay, yes, I would be fine with this, putting this on the final list that we're doing, yeah. or I'm definitely not. Yeah. This is a green. Cool. Yep, this good. is definitely a green. Nice. Right, so track two is 14 years. That piano reminds me of Mystify. In yeah, yeah. I, can, I can hear that. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a song written by Izzy. Right. Okay. You can generally. And it's mostly sung by him as well. Well, yeah. I mean, Axel's on the uh, chorus. Axel's on the chorus. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is the first of the Izzy songs about troubled relationships. Oh, okay. Is that usually his? I mean, genre. It's, it certainly is across these records. Yeah. Now, was this the songs? Called 14 years now. Yeah. There was a lot of speculation at the time because obviously 14 years around that time was about how long he'd known Axel Rose for. Right. Okay. Um, so you okay. know, and and so I mean, in the song it is. I'm, I'm trying to remember the lyrics. I haven't actually made lyrics. But it's, it's 14 years of sorrow. It's been it's, 14 it's a, years it's of pain. negative negative stuff. Isn't it, it? It's a yeah. It's it's definitely about like kind of keeping your mouth shut and you right. know kind of dealing with a lot of shit from someone. Right. The counter argument was always well, if it was about Axel, there's no way it'd have made the album. Basically. Which is probably true. He wouldn't. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot to be said for not realising, if you're narcissistic enough, not knowing something is about you. Oh, that. no, of course, yeah. If he, did, if he didn't realise it, yes. No, and as he's you're, snuck you know, it in. You're, you're so vain that you probably, probably don't realise that this song is about <laughs> yeah. you. The, the problem I've got with 14 Years, uh-huh. uh, it's, well, I'm i come back to, is generally for me, as a bit of a... And this doesn't make me a Guns N' Roses purist. This makes me an Axl Rose fan. Okay. I, I don't necessarily tend to love the songs that aren't sung by Axel as much. Fine. I, th- I think it's a very fundamental thing. There are some exceptions that, you know, the thing is like, you know, remember when there was that, the whole thing when they weren't together and, you know, you might see Slash at a festival and Miles Kennedy would be singing the Absolutely, gun songs, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, for, I'm not interested in that. It's like, my, you know, Miles Kennedy has got fucking great, well, for anyone that doesn't know, Miles Kennedy's a singer from Alterbridge, a uh, mm-hmm. big rock singer he also tours with, uh, with Slash and play and sings on a lot of his records, Miles Kennedy's got a massive rock voice. Probably, you know, probably Huge, a bigger, really probably a bigger, voice. better voice than Axel has these days. Yeah. Um, but without that kind of nastiness and without that edge, mm. those songs don't make sense to me. Well, you, might, they, they, you might as well get anyone to fucking sing them. Like, sure. They're very, very specific. And again, this comes back to that thing about the voice. And I need that kind of raspy right. edge in there. And if it's not there, they're not the same. They're not as threatening. Were there any songs on Appetite for Destruction that weren't sung by Axel? Or was that all him? Um, oh God. Like, was this the first time he'd let anybody else have that little bit of limelight? Off the top of my head, and I haven't written this down, I, I, I don't think there are any songs sung by anybody else. No. But obviously Izzy has always been one of the main songwriters. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. But yeah, it's it's a different thing to say 
okay, you sing this one yeah. on this Guns N' Roses album, rather than go, you're probably going to have a solo album coming up at some point, just do it for that. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's actually uh, something decent that Axel has done. He's stepped back sometimes to let the others have their moment, but it, yeah, does but it, it make it not Guns N' Roses? But, it, but it's, it's also endemic of the power struggle that's going on All within right. the band. Because, you know, you've got to go here, you know, there's, the, part of the reason why this song is, this album, these two albums are 30 tracks long is because they're trying to do everything. Okay. Right, and this is a band that are, are arguing with each other intensely inside and you never know right you know and you know they're they're all equal shareholders at this point axel rose hasn't pulled the kind of guns and roses his mind thing yet oh right okay so right, well well that would be indicative the lyrics would reflect then that there is a tumultuous relationship at least yeah. between the two of them but as, as a song i think the piano is very nice in it um it's very high in the mix yeah very it's high very in the piano mix. led um for me I kind of forget this song exists. I can take yeah. it or leave it. It's album filler for me. Yeah. If I was uh, editing the album, it wouldn't be the one of the that's got to fucking go. Right. But it would certainly probably be on the second pass. Okay, sure, yeah. You if know? something else needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I've got it as an amber. Yeah. I don't mind it. Uh, actually, I actually don't mind it. It's just, for some reason, it puts me in mind of like the Choir Boys or something like that. You know, that's what the sound that they were doing. Obviously influenced by Guns N' Roses, yeah. but they had that more piano-led kind of honky-tonk, boogie-woogie thing yeah. going on. I was like, I don't know if that's what I want from a Guns N' Roses album. Well, I mean, we're going to see a lot more piano on this record. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, you know, the, the piano was always Axel's instrument. He's been playing piano for a long time. I think Axel is an instrument. Let's face it. Yeah. get into that. Um, but but no, I don't really hear a tune in here. Is my issue with it? It's just kind of goes on and does nothing, and there it goes. I mean, I th- you know, there is, there is there is a chorus. I, I mm. anyway, yeah, not not average. Yeah, I think we said we need to on yeah. this one. Yeah, Let's move enough. on. Next track is called Yesterdays. This was one of the early singles, third single maybe. Yeah, I've got it. It's the third single released October nineteen ninety two. Yeah, uh, but they did stick November Rain as a reissue on the B side. Right. To presumably just bump it up. Remember, Rain, I think it had been only been out about three months earlier. Yeah. But they wanted to keep it going. Anyway, so yeah, it was October 92. Well, November Rain had just those legs because of the MTV. I mean, oh, right, yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know if you on remember on. MTV at that time, but you, like, bearing in mind that November Rain is about an eight minute song, mm. you, there wasn't an hour would play without November Rain playing. So, right, it, was, so it was about a sixth of all MTV output at that point. That's that's kind of the actual voice I don't like. Ah, see now that then you're gonna hate this song. I do. Okay, now see, I love this song. Right. I love this song. Do you? Yeah, love this song. Oh, okay. See, and I I was interested in this because this has got quite a lot of that kind of upbeat, kind of almost American singer songwritery stuff. Yeah. Kind of it's all, a bit country. It's got it's got a bit of an Elton John vibe to it. I think. Well, Axel was a huge Elton John fan. Absolutely. I think you know bit of Billy Joel in there as well. You hear that? I don't yeah, hear that. Okay. I, I, I hear that in the kind of the piano. Right, okay. Um, but, you know, I really love this song, yeah. And, you know, I, I, for me, it's, you know, a huge amount of it is because I think the vocal performance is so good. On oh, that. I see, really? I love the vocal on that. Right. And, you know, it's kind of, like, lyrically, it's about kind of self-growth, moving forward from regret and trying to kind of, try, you know, kind of 
accept that you maybe you've done a bunch of bad shit, but you've kind yeah. of got to move forward and not be burdened down with it, right? I, th- I think you're being very generous there. I mean, from because yes, that is a take on it. Yeah. But my take is is him going, guys. Let's not talk about all that stuff I said. Let's just look forward. Uh, now there I, are there are songs where that is definitely yeah. the message of that song. Yeah, right? I think this is trying to just whitewash the back, frankly. Well, I mean, I think or encouraging people just to go. No, don't worry about you know whatever I said, faggots. It's no. Well, I mean, I think there's there's another song that addresses that more head on. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be an apologist for him saying that shit. That shit yeah. is all fucking totally yeah, out yeah, of order. Of obviously, it fucking is. It's obviously, it's a fucking stupid thing for a human being to say. Yeah, right? But I think th- this song itself doesn't it isn't necessarily going down that path. You, you, know? Gonna- you know, you got to bear in mind that this is this is a kid from the middle of fucking butt fuck nowhere mm-hmm. that moved to the big city with fucking anger issues and a poor moral compass, where whereupon everyone told him that the fucking world shone out of his fucking arsehole, yeah. made him a multi-millionaire, fucking gave him an a, an enormous amount of power and did a lot of very fucking stupid things. Yeah. Oh, indeed. And he is definitely accepting that and owning up to it. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's an apology. I feel no. that this is a... Let's, ju- let's just start afresh. Let's just, you know... Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's other points in the record where he goes, you know, I said that stuff and I fucking meant it at the time. Well, uh, yeah. And, I, and, and, I, and, I, and, and he proceeds to say worse stuff on this fucking record. Yeah. And the ones where he's saying I meant it at the time, he's pretty much implying that he still means it. Oh, I don't know if that's 100% I, true. You know, that's what I took from the lyrics. Mm, but I look, think, that's a different anyway, song. Right. right. I, I really fucking like this song. I think this okay. is, I think this is uh, certainly not, certainly not the best song on the album, but it's a highlight for me. Right. It's one of the only ones on the album that is co-written with non-band members. There's a couple mm-hmm. of other people involved right with the writing of this, yeah. which to me explains a little bit why, why it sounds again a bit different. Yeah, uh, it sounds maybe if you if you're hearing Billy Joel, Elton John, I'm hearing a bit more country stuff. Yeah. There is a, an element in there that hasn't we haven't seen somewhere else. Absolutely, it is a real outlier of a track for the record. I think. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's a it's a fairly diverse body of work. <laughs> it would need to be for thirty tracks long. Yeah, I mean, it fucking is right. <laughs> uh, well, that's, all, right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Yesterday's you're a big fan. Yeah, and you're a big. Knife. I'm I'm a red on this. Fair yeah, enough. I didn't like this one bit uh, for the reasons of the vocals and the sentiment. Right. Okay. But fair enough. All right. Uh, next one, track number four, knocking on heaven's door. And this was another single, and I, f- I think I'm right in saying it was released originally in like July 1990. Yeah. Was it on a soundtrack? Yeah, it's on the Days of Thunder soundtrack, Days of Thunder along soundtrack. with our long-time favourite song, yeah. uh, Show Me Heaven. Show Me Heaven Fucking by Marie McKee, yeah. yeah. Cold Trickle, remember that. But then it was um, re-released as a single in April of 92. Yeah. And it got to number two in the UK charts, actually, on that release. Yeah, this song was fucking everywhere. This is another massive MTV rotation song. I remember this one, yeah. yeah. But again, were you aware of really of the Bob Dylan song, the version? No. No, I knew it was a thing. I knew I knew the phrase. And if you'd asked me, like, a quiz question, so who did Knocking on Heaven's Door, I'd have gone Bob Dylan. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'd really heard it. I, I, I definitely I, didn't know again, it. Again, that was from a soundtrack as well. That was from fucking Billy the Kid or something. Oh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. But um, look, totally honest with you. Uh-huh. 
I could live my entire life without ever hearing this version of this song. Yeah, I've got this as a red. Yeah. Look, this, uh, I, I, I I liked this song well enough when I first heard it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's... That's a good know, tune. But uh, this song has been overplayed to me. Probably This is probably the most overplayed song of my life. Good Lord. I, I, I heard this song so many times and it, and it, and it got to a point where... I genuinely, I can't think of a song that I that, that I feel is more. Where were you hearing it? Everywhere, everywhere. Really? This song was everywhere. Oh right, okay. This well, I song was fucking like everywhere. Oh man, right. Okay. Um, it kind of sums up all of the worst bits of the excesses of this era of Guns N' Roses to me. Okay. It's when I use the word overblown, I'm going to use it as both a positive and a negative. Oh sure. No, we love this. some overblown stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's just. It feels incredibly self-indulgent. It takes mm-hmm. what is essentially a very, very simple tune and it inflates it in places that it doesn't need to be inflated. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think... The, the, no the, To be honest with you, the, the vocal stuff is the least of my problems with this. Is you it? Know, the reggae guitar solo. Yeah, the kind it's of. good. I mean, again, there is a classic bit of Axel talking shit on this. Well, it's like on a but phone is, call. But it isn't actually Axel Rose. Oh. That's a guy called uh, Josh Richman. I've, I've presumed for my entire life that that was Axel, uh-huh. but that was a guy called Josh Richman who directed the video for uh, "Don't Cry" and did other work with oh, right. okay. with Axel around that time. Um, yeah, no, but I is, mean, is that the bit that's that phone call in the background? Yeah. Pointless nonsense. Pointless nonsense. Really is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Don't shit, get right. why they do that. Uh, uh, cocaine. Oh yes, that'll be it. Yeah, cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, um, and the breakdown with like the ma- more, even more piano and a gospel choir chucked in. Yeah, I mean, no need. And, and like literally nothing compared to the live version of this. Oh, really? Where they had Tracy and Roberta here to help you. Where they, yeah, they had like kind of Tracy and Roberta were their their kind of backing. Uh-huh. And you got to bear in mind, as a live experience, there were probably fifteen people on stage. I see. Okay. I mean, you know, you had you had a, a piano player, a keyboard player, harmonica player. You had two. Right. You percussionist. Know, yeah, yeah, percussionist. You had two backing singers, more at times. Four or five dealers just on hand. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, you had you had Matt Sorum's hair, which is six <laughs> people. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so basically, two postmen delivering <laughs> letters to both of the postcodes that Matt Sorum's hair was in. You had you had someone holding up a sign permanently underneath Gilby Clark so people could remember who he was. <laughs> Don't get the bouncers to eject this guy. It was just guy. a sign that said, not Izzy. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, anyway. I think this is almost like a parody of a Guns N' Roses. If, if, you know, someone on Saturday Night Live was trying to do a piss take of how Guns N' Roses would do a classic song, yeah. this is what they would come up I with. I think this is almost... The defining moment where this kind of pompy rock and roll reached its zenith. It couldn't get, you know, once you get this bloated, you need something like bleach to come along. Okay, right. Negative creep it out of there. Smack it. And you get get that, right? But, so yeah, I I don't don't like this song. No. it's not the worst song on the album. No. (laughs) Again, I'll be really clear. I I don't think that, you know... there are other songs that aren't that notably different in some ways mm. that I like a lot more. Okay. Um, but there's, I, I don't well, know. There's I, so I, much I, unnecessary shit in this one. And I get it's five and a half minutes when it doesn't need to be. 
Yeah, I don't like this song anyway. But right. let's, all right, let's. I tell you what, it, it was uh, the number one selling single of 1992 in the Netherlands, uh, beating narrowly Doctor Alban. Really? Two, yeah. Uh, it's my life. It is his life. Yeah. But yeah, and, so and that's what the Netherlands were listening to. And he to. spent it making uh, muesli. Oh, sorry, that's Dr. Alpen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen to me laughing at my own. How pleased I am with myself. Yeah, uh, so, yeah look, so so far we're, we're at track four. Yes. Uh, uh, you're, you're a solid one for four. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very good. I think 14 years is all right. And I think yesterday's Knocking on Heaven's Door are pretty bad. Right. See, I'm, I go, love Civil War. Uh-huh. Really like yesterday. Think, fourteen years, and yeah, yeah and don't, I don't care for knocking on okay. the door. Well, but, make... but through overplayed. Uh, no, fair enough. And it was always going to be, we're, we're, you know, that you are going to like more of these than oh, I. Oh, sure, that, that I will. So fine. What I'm one for four is, to be honest, as much as I thought I was going to be on this. I mean, I think I, I think you've gone into this album with some very strong preconceptions. Oh, I absolutely have. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm not. Particularly a GNR fan. I like the big songs, but yeah, we're but gonna fall go. out through there this. We're gonna fall out anyway. Right, let's so let, let's go. Let's go and do uh, sing uh, albums. Do the albums. Albums. Okay, so time wise, actually, I probably didn't say this at the start. Uh, the week that we're looking at is September twenty second to twenty eighth, so cool. right at the end of September, and it was only number one for one week. So uh, the, the snapshot we've got of what else was, was out at the minute isn't massive. Okay. So uh, the top 10 this week looks like this. Number 10 is Joseph's Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Nonsense. Number 9, presumably because of that, is Jason Donovan's Greatest Hits. So he's fucking ruling the is roost it, is at it the minute. Jason Donovan. <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> that was a thing in Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah. I I, I mean, there's photos of it around everywhere. Oh, I, I don't know if it was actually in Brighton, but there, there is a photo that's been, been memed. I yeah. see, all right. Uh, number Very funny, though. Eight is Billy Bragg, Don't Try This at Home. Right. Which I must admit, I don't know. No, I don't know don't either. Know. Uh, number seven, John Lee Hooker's Mr. Lucky, which we saw last week. Six, R.E.M.'s Out of Time, which we've done. Mm-hmm. Number five, Paul Young Singles Collection, which we saw... Uh, number four is Mark Bolin and T-Rex Ultimate Collection. And I am guessing that that is another Jeans ad. I yeah, think uh, like, yeah, Get, Get It, it on, on was on a Levi's something or, you know. Which would really annoy me because it should be Get Them On. Well, quite. Uh, on. So, yeah, that's the number four, the greatest hit. Number three, Dar Straits on Every Street, which we did last week. And obviously number two is Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 1. Yes. So that's yeah. So that's your top ten. So yeah, not a classic top ten as far as I'm concerned. There's some stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, there's two Guns N' Roses albums in there. Okay. Oh yeah, classic enough for you then. All right. Uh, but yeah, in the terms of what else was coming out, there's a couple of decent things to to see. First one is Caius Wretch was nice. released. This I, and that is earlier than I remember them being. I obviously was not into them at the time. Yeah. But I had just had it in my head that they were more ninety two, ninety three. I mean, but Wretch was the EP, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean the, the 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 albums. I mean, I mean, I didn't get into Caius in ninety two, ninety three. I got into oh, Caius. Fuck no. I got into Caius um, like ninety five, ninety six. Oh, I wasn't even that close. I think I think Tool covered Demon Cleaner. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's where I, I knew of them from. Then they t- covered Demon Cleaner when they were. 
uh, doing the Anima tour in the States. Oh, really? Yeah. I see. And I think that's where I found out about that from, through some kind of Oh, thing. nice. I I'll, went, be, I'll be... Went back nice, and had... Because, yeah, Scott Reader was a good mate hmm. of, uh, of the band. Right, okay. You know, Scott Reader was one of the bass players from from Caius. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's interesting and that's coming out that kind of that kind of stoner sound coming yeah, through. Yeah, so I mean, again, up at this point, I'm pretty sure I was aware of like Monster Magnet um because I remember loving Evil when that came out. Quite no, Evil's later, isn't it? Evil's well, like, Evil, Evil was when I was still in Belfast. Maybe it was 92 then. Oh, see, I think I I would put Evil at 93. But I mean, we can dig that okay. out. Yeah, but I, in terms of any other kind of stonery band, no, it I must be because Spine of God was nineteen ninety one. I'm sure it was. Hey, All right, is it um, Evil on that though? No, Evil's on um, Super Judge. Is it okay? Uh, nineteen ninety two, Super Judge. Evil, Evil. All right, it was the next year then. Yeah, that I was like, okay, well, I wasn't into. It. Aware of any of the stoner stuff at this point, then sure. No. Well, it's, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you've got a lot of it, I guess, starting around there. I mean, I didn't become into it until, like, mm. I say, like a few years later, anyway. Yeah, I suppose this is the beginnings of yeah. uh, a groundswell, perhaps. Nice, okay. Uh, but the other one that I've got that came out, and this, as far as I can tell, didn't even get top 75 UK album. But tell me what album this is off. Oh, it's a bad mate thing, yeah, man. This yeah. came out in the this week. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that's a wh- wh- big did, album. It, did it chart anywhere? Did, uh, I don't know what it did in the states. I think it was probably one of these ones that got uh, one of their, you know, rock charts because they have so many charts. But yeah. I don't think it did big business. I mean, at all. okay, here's an interesting time when I saw Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. uh, in Wembley, 1992. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soundgarden were the opening band. Oh right. Yes, I indeed see. on this tour. So. Fairly nice. Yeah, I, I never realised that they came out on the same on the yeah, same, same day. Same week this came out. Bad what a fucking what an album Bad Motorfinger is. Absolutely, I, that it, is a great album. I tell you, it is a. It speaks to the embarrassment of riches that we've got coming up mm-hmm. that we're not doing a special on that record. I know, I know. But okay. honestly, because I've I've done like a, a little bit of a what's coming next week, yeah. week after I'm you know a couple of weeks ahead in terms of what was released, the next three sort of shows we're doing there is some amazing stuff coming through yeah i mean yeah. this is you know bad my finger is a fucking classic record it oh, totally. really is it's you know uh, it's not 100 percent. it's not not every track on it is is no, amazing but when it's but, good oh my god what an opening salvo you've got on there rusty cage outshined uh-huh. do you know what i mean yeah oh my god. outshined blew me away whenever i heard that one that was the one that got me because rusty cage i, I mean i love it now but back at Whenever I first heard it, and that's, this was not on release, yeah. you know, this was years later. Rusty Cage was not the one that made me go, "Oh hell yeah!" Outshine was the one that made me go, "Fuck me!" Yeah, man, that show mm. me the power, child. So, oh my that god, chug, chug, yeah. riff. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, it was that, and uh, and uh, Jesus Christ pose. Yeah, oh, yeah, spot on, voice. spot on. But those are the only two there uh, that I'm going to talk about this week because, like, we've got a couple that we'll talk about in the next few weeks. This is a very fertile period of time. Sure. But uh, it's over the next couple of weeks as well. Those are the only two that I'm going to do this week. Okay, were Soundgarden a grunge band? Hmm. Well, obviously no. No, but, absolutely not. But, but you, I think it was you said it, there's no such thing as grunge. Exactly. It was a catch-all for a bunch of people who... Maybe maybe it was a bunch of people who weren't something else. There was the reaction against Guns N' Roses and that ilk yeah. of rock. It's... Alternative music. I mean, I would say Guns N' Roses have got more in common with Soundgarden than Nirvana have got in common with Soundgarden at this point. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, you've got yeah. guitar solos, you've got stuff that's obviously influenced by heavy metal. Yep. 
you've got a very over the top singer. Yeah. With with a, a not just a what you call a punk voice. Yeah. That anyone can do it. You know, he's fucking. Yeah, you're you're, you're talking about a, a big multi octave motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. That's fair. Okay, but that's all I got anyway. All right, fair enough. That's a short one this week. Yeah, short one. So we're back into Guns N' Roses. Track number five. Okay, we're going to have to talk about getting the ring, aren't we? We are going to have to talk about this, mate. Okay. Get in the ring. There's some crowd uh, chanting. Uh-huh. And we're here we're into the, uh, the kind of Duff-influenced punk territory. Blues riff. Right, definite blues going on. But kind of done in that kind of slightly discordant. Yeah? Uh, maybe not. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but this just... I guess I'm just thinking forward to what's coming. Right, yes. Yeah, I mean, so far, nothing particularly wrong with this. But and then I don't like this. Well, this I is... I do not like this song. And this is the Duff influence where they're big into the Sex Pistols. Right. And, you know, that's always been part of the Guns N' Roses sound, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. But the problem with this fucking song, this is a song about them being maligned by the press. Yes. Right? This, this is their, their clapback. Yeah. And this is, you know, when you look at this through the eyes of uh, an adult, yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. In, you know, this is Donald Trump the musical. Yes. This is it really it, is. I mean, super, super petulant. I mean, it's so super petulant, it's almost a superhero. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's insane. It's calling out journalists. There is such bad stuff in this song. This is a yeah. uh, this is an unforgivable song. And you would imagine that everyone who made this looks back at this now and cringes. Well you'd you'd hope so, but I bet you they don't. I bet they do. You think? I would. Did you hear it live on those fucking three-hour sets that they were playing? I couldn't tell you what they played, mate. Yeah, no, mate. Look, they're not playing this live. I would imagine. Right. I would imagine that everyone is embarrassed by this. This yeah. is this is kind of the petulant clapback of a load of people that are so involved in a drug haze that they have no moment to be self-aware. I would suggest. Right. It sounds like the sort of thing that they they were probably having a jam and. They were going, yeah, and fuck this guy, and you sing along. Oh yeah, and then fuck this guy, and I wish you were dead, and yeah. suck my dick, you journalist from Kerrang. And they thought, oh, that's okay, we'll keep that. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible I, idea. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I'll tell you this: mm. as as a as a kind of fifteen year old kid at the time, uh-huh. I thought, fucking hell, yeah, fuck yeah, all oh, right, fucking stick, stick it, it to them, guys. Right. Yeah. yeah, they're on our sides. They're talking about those kids being ripped off with the lies they're telling about, and blah blah yeah. blah, right. You know, and there's a lot of swearing, which is always great when you're yeah, 15. It was, it a was a lot of swearing. It was absolutely great fun at the time, okay. right? Okay. It was, and it was probably a, a way of getting some really good column inches and selling some records, right? Oh, I imagine whatever controversy they were they stirred up, yep. did well for them. Yeah, you know, and and as well, I don't think they were they were afraid of a bit of courting controversy for the sake of selling records. I don't think they ever were. No, no, I would say not at all. Um, I suspect that's not why they did it. I reckon that was just a happy byproduct. I reckon oh, yeah. they, they genuinely were like, yeah, let's show these motherfuckers. Look, man, I, you know, Axl Rose has been 
proved again and again as a younger man mm. to have been full of fucking anger, misplaced vitriol, and a stunning lack of self-awareness. Yes. Right? Those you know, dreads that he grew in 2000 or whatever. They're, oh, that's, I mean, that was a bad look, man. Yeah. I mean, that was a fucking Corn rose, whatever. Look. Whatever. I mean, whatever they were, man. I mean, Indeed, I mean a, to be fair, to be fair, I think they were that him trying to hide his hairline. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Nobody look at my hair, please. They made me uh, very, very sad as a Guns N' Roses fan. I bet. I very much did. I bet. In the same way, whenever Joe Elliott from uh, Def Leppard, oh, maybe he, had, those, he yeah. had his dreads as well, didn't he? Or, maybe he had those really thin ones, yeah. didn't he? Terrible. Oh, mate, he, he looked like his he looked like his daughter had done it for him. Yeah, and they'd gone on holiday somewhere and oh, it was just mate. oh it's happening on the beach, is it? Okay, oh, do you mind too. Yeah, yeah, do you mind too, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, look, this you know, this is this is not a happy way to spend a few minutes. No, I mean it's terrible. fucking nearly six minutes long as it, well. Absolutely five minutes forty. What yeah. the fuck? Oh yeah. No, and, and look right, obviously we've said the lyrics the first half is kind of about uh, and fuck the press and fuck yeah. the media and you know people spreading lies. Yeah. The second half names people like yeah. specific people. Yeah. And obviously it's not the done thing because, like you say, when you're an adult you don't do that shit. Yeah. But also when you're a musician, no one does that really. You don't, you might call someone out in a, you know, in an interview and regret it the next day. Yeah. But you definitely don't write a song about but it. But you know. It. But you know what though? I think everyone that's named personally mm. in this song fucking dined out on that for ages. I imagine so. I would imagine the people that got named in it mm-hmm. were far happier than the people that wished they'd been named in it. I see. I, I reckon there was a whole load of people that were like, oh, I've fucking written some bad shit about Guns N' Roses. Why don't they name me? Yeah. I do like the fact that one of them, uh, Bob Guccione Jr., yeah. whose dad was... Uh, the founder of Pentice and various Why adult you pissed off because your dad gets more pussy than yeah. you. Um, he agreed to a fight. Yeah. He sent he sent word to yeah. Axel going, "All right, yeah, let's do it then. Yeah. Let's have a fight yeah. because that's what you're asking you to get in the ring. Yeah. And you're you're saying that you're you're not going to pussy out yeah. and everything. And then Axel found out that he was actually fight trained <laughs> and completely did, said, "No, no, no, maybe not then." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course he did. Exactly. He, he, this guy had like nine years of basically MMA training. Yeah, yeah. And Axel was like, "Ah, uh, I didn't mean an actual fight, mate. F- no, come on." Yeah. Kick your bitchy little ass. <laughs> it's fucking dreadful. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful, man. You gotta be oh, careful. Shit. You gotta be like if you're if you're gonna call people out and try and fight them, then you gotta be prepared for it. Although did you see, see in the, the music press this week, Robbie Williams is trying to fight uh Liam Gallagher again. No. I wanna see that happen. That'll be a great fight. It won't, I reckon. Uh, who would you put your money on? With uh, Robbie. Yeah, me too. Straight up. And when we get down to the Oasis albums, you will you'll, <laughs> yeah, you'll learn how much I really want to see Liam Gallagher get punched in the face. And then when we get to the Robbie albums, you'll learn how much you want to see him get punched in the face as well. Oh no, but we that's that no one's learning that. <laughs> that's just a default position, isn't it? And there's a couple of bits in this song, um, in terms of the lyrics, that I just don't understand. I mean, I'll be honest as well, there's quite a few lyrics I don't understand on this right. record. And okay. I'm like, I don't know I really don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um this one, and when you're talking about a vasectomy, yeah, I'll be writing down your obituary, your history. What vasectomy? Well, I, I the only thing that I can presume is that at some point someone reported that Axel Rose was getting a vasectomy, or someone in the band was you, getting. Well, you think a, that right? Okay. I, I, I presume that's about a specific news story. That's my right, presumption. Okay. I don't. I don't know. And then he does a load of talking about uh, women with fake boobs and collagen implants. And then he says, just like you, I got my vices. I got a thought that would be nice. 
I'd like to crush your head tight in my vice. And then just goes, pain! <laughs> this is shockingly bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a note about oh, pain. Pain! pain. pain. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, just awful. Here. I mean, no, it's, it, no, it's, 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 it's terrible. Yeah. It's nauseatingly bad. Okay. It is. I, look, I'm not, I'm, not def- I'm not defending that, right? No. But, the, you know, there's a reason you're not hearing that song played live anymore. No, fair enough. And like yeah. you say, if, you're, if it's 1991 and you're a 15-year-old Guns N' Roses fan... It's probably quite a lot of yeah. fun. And if you're caught up in the zeitgeist of this fucking movement, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's this kind of conversation, this kind of excess that people were like, this is fucking, you know, ridiculous. Mm. You know? When, you know, when uh, Kurt Cobain was at the MTV Music Awards and they were doing that whole, where's Axel? Hi, oh, Axel, yeah. where's Axel? Yeah, that's Axel. what they, you know, the, 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 you know, the Primus album, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, that's what this was about. The, the Seas, Seas of Cheese, of cheese yeah. right? It was, it was about the, the lack of self-awareness that operated within this kind of cock rock state. Oh, and yeah, and this is the absolute <laughs> apex of yeah, that. Yeah, but there is something else that comes out of that, okay? W- what you have here is you have the ability, before that bubble burst, for these people to absolutely take what they're doing completely legitimately seriously, right? Right. Okay, and that results in some things being like overblown and terrible, but it also at times produces some really great stuff that you kind of can't, you kind of couldn't write now Mm. because in a kind of post darkness, post steel panther world, that's, are you exactly, are you being ironic? Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, I'm not a lie, man. There's the songs on here that, you know, I enjoyed so plaintively and so unironically as a kid, because yeah. they spoke to me and resonated. And you know what? There are, as you go through the albums on this record, there are moments of unexpected depth that you can find within the lyrics of some of these songs. Okay. You suddenly, you've got to be going through something. You'd be like, actually, do you know what? That's deeper than I expected. And there was, you mm. know, there's some very kind of personal songs on these records. Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, right. So that's that. Let's, let's, yeah, I mean, let's move on. From I, that. I think we should all pretend that didn't happen. Let's, let's and fine. look, man, we had over on our Twitter, we've been asking people, give us your 10 track version. Yeah. Of yeah. The, distill of both albums. Yeah. If you had to turn these two bloated albums into a brilliant one 10 track album, and people have been losing their mind doing it and fair play. Thank you so much for everyone that did. We'll yeah, talk, man, good reaction. We, in, uh, in the second one, when we talk about usually one, we'll talk about some of these things. We'll yes, talk, we'll talk a little bit episode, about yeah. our, our favorite tracks as well. Um, but I have seen a couple, I mean, look, I mean, fair play to you guys, but like, uh, uh, some people have put get in the ring uh, in uh, their tent. Let me have a quick look at the Twitter now. Like, our, our friends, and we'll give, give these guys a shout here. At number one rerun podcast. Oh yes, indeed, yes. Uh, big shout out to them. Give them a listen. Uh, yeah, they're they're big Duff McKagan fans, and uh, yeah, and Get in the Ring did feature on in their ten in their ten. Yeah, and they Fuck they uh, they have finished their tweet with No, I'm not joking. Holy God! But hang your heads, number one rerun podcast. This, this, hang your wow. heads. Wow! Wow! Hang your heads. This isn't one of the twenty you'd lose. <laughs> My God! They're, they're, I mean, no, shall, I, shall I shall I give you? I mean, we, we won't won't comment on anything we haven't talked about, but I'll give you okay. their ten. Get in the ring, number one. Number, got, the this first is, one on the list. Choose your illusion. You're welcome. That, that's a good title. Choose your illusion. That is a good, good title. title. Big up on playlist, that. Yeah. I mean, but then immediately all of those points lost for. <laughs> Then track two, you could be mine. No comment. Uh-huh. Uh, track three, don't cry, which I presume uh-huh. is the original version. Then. Uh, this is where they show their Duff McKagan uh, thing. So fine. We'll get to that in a short oh, while. Oh, right, yes. Um, Don't Damn Me, Live and Let Die, Estranged, Shotgun Blues, November Rain, and Dead Horse. 
That's, okay. what, that's what they've gone for. Right. Well, well, shot- some controversial choices on there. Yeah, well, Shotgun Blues is the next one. So should we get into that? Let's do it. Track number six on this album. So look, we've got another punky up-tempo number here. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, like, this is... This is a real reminder of what you're missing from Stephen Adler. Oh, I see, okay. Because I think, because, you know, the beat on that, the Matsuran beat, is so, like, I'm boom, bap, boom, bap, boom, bap, boom, Yeah. But whereas, like, Stephen Adler bit would have been in my boom, boom, bap, boom, Do you know what I mean? It'd, sure, okay, it'd, yeah, it'd, I get that. He'd have put a bit of swing Something in it and a bit of, to it. And I think, because I, I think... Shotgun Blues, I mean, it's filler, lyric, uh, yeah. very, very lyrically petulant. It's another one where he's calling someone out for a fight. Yeah, this is an easy song. This is, this is, uh, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I suppose this is the one about, uh, I think it is anyway. Uh, about it, Vince Neil. Yeah, I mean, it's Vince Neil. Because there was, I mean, it's in, it's in the uh, Motley Crue book. Because, mm. like, in theory, Izzy Stradlin had supposedly hit Vince Neil's wife, and then Vince Neil decked Izzy, yeah. and then. I mean, it's all fucking... It's all hair rock handbags, basically. Yes. Yes, Which it would is. have been a good name for this record. But, um... <laughs> That's true, man. Right, okay, but it is... It's Axel right, singing on behalf of Izzy, then, is it? Yeah, but I guess calling so. like Vince Neil, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, an, it's just an, it's one of those kind of angry fuck you songs. Oh, it's, just, it's, it's talking about how fucking hard he is. Yeah. And, yeah, you, I'll put you down, motherfucker, sort of thing. But you're saying that with a look on your face that suggests that you haven't heard any hip-hop before. Oh, shit. Uh, no, I do. Yeah, no, but just the thought of Axel Rose challenging anyone and saying he's so fucking hard. I, I mean, Axel was a man that was not afraid to get into a fight. But knowing that he had a, a five other of his mates behind him and then in later years, all of his bouncers. I, I, think, I think that is true, but I think that Axel Rose was a scrappy kid coming up anyway. Oh yeah, I th- I, you know, for I don't think he was someone that was afraid to kind of get into it. For, no, you're probably right. For you know, I mean, I mean, generally with women, I would imagine. But... <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, I just, I just get the impression that he's very happy to call out people that he knows he can take. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think he was, I think he was just an angry fucking dude. Yeah, existing within that era, I think you know, a history of anger management problems, which you know. By all accounts, he is he's come to terms with, to to a greater level at what the moment. Things? I hope. He's fifty or something. I hope fucking... he's found some fucking peace in that shit. But yeah, but you know what mm. though, right? What you always got from Guns and Roses is a sense that if they were spouting a load of fucking bullshit, they were gonna go through with it. Right. There was something, no matter how fucking ridiculous it was, it it, it was all based in some kind of reality. Okay. Whatever weird Hollywood fucking reality what that version that, been. right. You know, and as I sit here as a forty as a forty three year old man, I look at that and go, pointless petulism is Oh stupid. God, yeah. Like, but you know, I liked this song at the time. I never loved it. Yeah. It's a filler track, but I, right. you know, as a piece of as a piece of music you know, it's a it's a six and a half out of ten. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I think it's worse. I don't. I don't think there's again. I don't think there's any tune to this. No central riff that gets me. It's mercifully short. This is a three yep. three minute twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's nothing nothing for me in this song at all. Sure, it's not making my list. No. Oh God, no, no. This is another red for me. I think this is a bad song. Uh, as you know, this is the first time I've heard it in the past two days. Sure, and I think no, this is terrible. Cool. Well, let's let's move on to track seven. Now, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested in how you feel about, about uh, this one. Breakdown about, about breakdown. Yeah. Okay, let's play 
some of this. Bit of banjo and whistling. I know. I, I blame this song for Kid Rock. In so, someone's, it, in ti- someone's tying up a horse. <laughs> it's probably conceived to. Yes. I must admit, when it, sort of this was a seven-minute-long yeah. song, yeah. and it started with a bit of banjo. I was going, I'm, I'm a bit nervous if I'm honest. What's happening right now? I love that piano. Though. Oh yeah. That's a great vocal. I have issues with the vocal on this. That's a fucking great vocal right there, man. This is okay. As you get into the verses, uh, as it goes on, he stops singing all of the, the actual word that he's trying to sing. It sounds a bit like Vic Reeves' club singer. He's, he's, he's not singing actual words. It's like, I'm on Vandavandamur. Is that some rose? I know, what he does. but usually you can make. Oh, oh, that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's all right. That bit's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's losing me a bit in that one. Yeah, that's really nice. Right. Yeah, he's not, he's not saying things. I think the words, I think the, the words are running into each other, but he is saying them. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get on with how he's doing this. I see, I, I see. Again, I, I think this is a proper deep album cut. This is right. this is one of those songs that kind of the more I live with this song, the better I love it. I really, really love this song. Yeah, I think this song is fucking great. There's a guitar at three minutes thirty, which is fucking great. And at four minutes twenty, the kind of this verse just comes straight back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he chats shit all over the solo, which I would fucking live. Is without. that the, the let me hear it nice stuff? No, it's not that bit. The, oh right. Yeah, I mean. Like, I appreciate that that's I, that's not good or bad enough for me to be bothered about for right. the rest of the song. No, there's a thing where he's he's kind of the lone riders, the last boom, boom, oh, boom, boom, and it's right, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here you go. He's off on one again. Yeah, right. exactly. Can live without that bit. Yeah, I, I I like that song. It's not one of my favourites. It's not one that well, I, yeah. I've put a star next to my favourites. Okay, and it's not one that I've put a star next to. Right, but I, I really like it. I don't I don't. It's not my least favourite by any shake. But Again, I, I mean, I, I think don't, you know. Don't get this. I don't I th- understand what it's about. I think it's. I think it's all. a deep cut of a song as well. And I think right. you know. I don't think this is a first listen or a first couple of listen song. I think Maybe this is true. a song that beds in because you kind of you kind of pick up on the little the, the different little bits. This is a song that's all about the little subtleties of the little kind of bits and pieces within the song, rather than okay. it being a big. It does. It sounds like riff. there's so many different disparate bits of this. Yeah. That it doesn't sound like a cohesive song. And I don't understand I, lyrically. I don't get what it's actually about at all. I don't think I've even made any notes about what the. I, could, I was what the reading song it, is. and I was reading the lyrics as I was saying, as I was singing. I'm going, don't know what you mean. I, literally, I don't know if this is a love song, if this is about relationships, 
I have no idea. Yeah, like, but you know, come on, what a song is about. Like half the time, you don't know what a song is about. No, uh, you're right. I'm, I'm not a lyrics person yeah. in general at all. I just find it so bizarre that I couldn't make head nor tail. And not in the same way as whenever we did REM mm-hmm. and I was going, uh, uh, a bleak or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or whenever we did that Charlatans one mm-hmm. and it was really just strange imagery. Yeah. I got the impression that this was about something and there was a theme, but I don't know what it is. Don't know. So I, I, I couldn't get on with this one, I must admit. Fair enough. Right, yeah. okay. Um, and there's a very strange piano outro as well. Oh, I really like the piano Do outro you? in it, yeah. Right. This is such a different sounding Guns N' Roses than what I had heard before. Yeah. The amount of piano in this album, it was jarring to me. I was very surprised how much there was in there. Oh, without a doubt. They are a different band from yeah. from Appetite to this. Yeah, exactly. But I love this era of Guns N' Roses. Oh, fine. Well, right? yeah. And because, I mean, I because uh, I, I, I came up with it. Yeah, know? sure. Uh, and you, you came know, up with it. Well done, mate. Yeah, I mean, this is my your idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dear Axel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that song breakdown's about me. I see. <laughs> so that's track seven. Let's yes. do track eight. Let's do that. Okay. So track eight is pretty tied up. So we start with a banjo last time, uh-huh. and here we go with a sitar. Yeah, man. Yes, it's your favourite. A bit of an Eastern feel. Roll decadence. And yes, that's the subtitle, isn't it? The Perils of Rock and Roll Decadence. Decadence, yeah. And this is the only song on the album that's solely written by Izzy Stradlin. Yeah. That's just his. That's a great little galloping riff there. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Definitely. And lyrically, this is about how... So you, you start to need more and more of something to get you to the same place you used to be. Well, I mean, this is... Way. I mean, basically... I like that. That... Sorry, I just talked over it. But I, I kind of like the sound of that voice. Yeah. And that's Izzy there, isn't it? No, that's Axel. Is that Axel? Yeah. Oh, that's Axel. They're both, that's both Axel. All oh, right, okay. I mean, this is a song written about... You know, about... Uh, Izzy's experiences with S&M Dominatrix yeah uh, you know kind of on the strip basically you know I mean again this is this is not a song that kind of holds up in any kind of feminist conversation I said this to Jenny the other day and mm-hmm. she went she went actually do you know what man if that's what she's fucking into oh, then no, exactly. that's, that's what she's into right yeah. fair enough right that's empowering um, for the whatever you know so yeah she's pretty tied up hanging upside down she's pretty tied up and you can ride her she's pretty yep. tied up hanging upside down and I can't tell you she's the right one yes but anyway that's but, yeah, but yeah, there's some interesting songs because obviously this is an Izzy song right sure but once there was a rock and roll band rolling on the street time went by and it became a joke right right so obviously the Izzy was the least impressed by all of this fucking ridiculous trappings of, stuff of that had come right, along yes. with it yeah. right? uh, which is why he, he left during this tour you know mm-hmm. uh, and so you know you've got to ask yourself you know has he snuck a few lyrics in here that are just jabs that would make sense yeah yeah that would make sense if he's kind of a wink and a nod to the listener yeah Oh, yeah. I, I'm aware of how much of a joke this can be. I mean, I bought a couple of shirts when I went to see him yep. live. Um, I think they were 15 quid. Imagine. At, at, at Wembley, at Wembley <laughs> oh Stadium. God. Imagine At Wembley cards. Stadium. I've Ridiculous. got a programme somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, I, I had the pretty tied up T-shirt. Oh, that was what was it? Yeah. And I, I bought it because it had tits on 
Oh, oh, I see. It was a drawing. and had, uh, it had some boobs on there, 15 years old. Fucking love it. Exactly. Yeah. What a fucking knob I was. But <laughs> we all were at 15, I, well, man. But the thing is, I, when I left school, we uh, we went back into school to do like revision sessions on certain lessons. Yeah. And I remember wearing that to one of those and getting told off for it. Oh, that's the that's the dream. Yeah, You're exactly. a rebel, mate. Oh, mate, what a dickhead. <laughs> what a dickhead. But, um, no, I mean, this is one of my favourite songs on this album. Is it? Okay. I think this is, uh, this is an, an amber for me. I don't think it's amazing, oh. but I do think it's... A, it's the the, the okay. more times you hear this song, the more it'll grow on you. This that is, is entirely possible. This is a fucking live favourite for me. I, as yeah. soon as this comes on, yeah, I'm like, this is just a straight-up fucking banger. Okay. This is 100%. This is... This this 100% makes my... Uh, makes my 10 album... 10 oh, really? It's this. in there. I, I think the verses on this one are pretty good. Yeah. I think the chorus lets it down a bit. The chorus, I think, is a bit of a cop out. It's just a, it's back to standard. Uh, this is this is just back to average. But I think the verses are pretty cool. Absolutely. I just think that I I just think it's a, like a big. I think it's just a big kind of sing along chorus. And there's bit a, da, da, ba, da, da, ba, da. Bit maybe it's because it's so ridiculous. I'm like, all right, whatever. Having never heard it before, I was like, mm, this is a, bit a lot cheesy. of fun. That one, a lot it's, of fun. Uh, yeah, definitely fun. And four minutes forty seven. That's a good fucking length for a song. Yep. There is a very long fade out intro on this, which yep. is unnecessary. Oh, but... see, I've got on here the intro on this is huge. I really uh, uh, outro, I, uh, sorry. Outro. I've yeah. got the outro on this is huge. It does it, it does have a long fade out, but I really enjoy yeah. the outro. I really okay. like it. it. It does fade too long, I admit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, hold, I'll hold it to my own standards. Fine. But yeah, again, but really, you'll, really you'll give it a bit of a pass. Lovely All stuff. right, cool. So, um, so, yeah, we're at track number nine then. Track number nine is Locomotive. Brackets Complicity. Yeah, I don't ever remember seeing that. Is it on the track that's done on the CD? No. No, just called Locomotive. Yeah. Fine. Nice. I know. Bit of funk bass. I, I, I was like, oh, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, you've got these riffs. The song's called Locomotive. Uh-huh. Sounds like a train. Indeed. I was a little scared when I saw the length of this one. Yeah. You know, and that's what she said, obviously. Hey. But eight minutes forty-two. Yeah, it's a big fucking tune. This. Oh, it's a big tune. Yeah. But no, I do. I, I was from from the the start. I was like, oh, I like this. This yeah. is sounding good. I've got kind of this is going going through nice and busy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I. But it, it then it comes in with the big phased axle vocal. Does it lose you on this? No. Oh, you like this? I do. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, mate. I've got oh. this as a green. Oh wow! Yeah, I oh, see. I fuck. This is there's a fucking asterisk oh, next okay, to this right. one. I fucking love this. Is song, that right? Man. Yeah, yeah. The phase of the vocals in the fucking bridge where he does that fucking. Uh-huh. I think about an It's so fucking good. The bridge into the fucking chorus. Is that the because there was one bit right in this where I was like. Are the vocals deliberate? Because there was two vocals on there, and it yep. sounded like they were deliberately going out of time with each other yeah. and the drums. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't work out why they did that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's like dissonant. Yeah, I, I, there, there is a fucking. I mean, there's, there's that phase on the first half, and there's that dissonance that kind of knocks through it, and yeah. it's just not. I, the, one of the things I like about this song is everything is just fucking slightly off kilter in it. It's also mm. the song that features the uh, the user illusion in the in the lyrics. In the vo- uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, again. It's a fucking vicious breakup song. 
Okay. One of many vicious breakups. So right, obviously, yeah. you know, you've got Axel Rose going through divorces and fucking relationship breakups. You've got Izzy Stradlin having his fucking, his long-term relationship breaking down. Yeah. So there's a lot of... It was like three or four of them through this recording period oh, yeah. finished their marriage, wasn't there? Yeah, and it, yeah. there's a lot of anger yeah. uh, about being misunderstood. Yeah, of course. A lot of things that frankly wouldn't hold up in the current day. Well, sure, but there's a lot of, this is my side of the story and I'm going to tell it very loudly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, and then again, you go, right, well, you know, that's kind of what art is supposed to be yeah, in a way, isn't yeah, it's it? It's, it's supposed, you know, art is not really supposed to be uh, a reflective two-sided Balanced. bit of the piece. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're thinking of the BBC, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. You know, art is supposed to be subjective from the side of the person well, that, sure, that, an, that comes an, from it. An angry song is fine. An angry yeah. song is not a problem. Anger is an energy. Yeah. And the other thing about this song is there are four guitar solos in it. Yes, they're fucking Four. Are. I mean, obviously, that's... Because why it's eight minutes long yeah. but yeah that's a lot of guitar solos but if you want to talk about magnificent outros this is ridiculous oh, like so two minutes for like two minutes for the end yeah. it just switches up and yeah. it's very strange yes it yeah. does it's, I fucking love it though yeah it's good it's good fun oh I'm glad you like this yeah I really did I'm this really is, glad got, you like it this. got me in from the start and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain this level of enthusiasm for eight minutes. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, see, this is this is a, a, an example of everything I like about this ridiculous period of Guns Because you couldn't put this song on Appetite for Destruction. Okay. It would stick out like a fucking sore thumb. Okay. Right? But within here, it's like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, right. Okay. That, I can see you this. Know? Yeah, sure. Sure. And I must admit, one of the things that that made this one of my favourites was I don't mind his vocals on that. Sure. I think, I think it's less whatever less I don't know what what the issue is on some of them but he doesn't do it as much I understand I understand and and going through going through this podcast I I kind of starting to get more empathy for how you must have felt (laughs) as I fucking savaged Elton John song after Elton John song oh yeah true yeah on the the basis on the basis of that because it is but like with those really distinctive voices Mm. you're either in or you're not true and it is how it is right and I and I totally I totally, totally get it. I, you know, as I said to you at the time, I wish with the Elton stuff that I was on board with it. I wish I was because yeah. I always rather like something than fucking not like. Oh, something. Of course, but, uh, but no, anyway. I, yeah, but that's, that's the same sort of thing. All right, well, look, good. Okay, well, that's both of us agreeing on that one. Absolutely, fantastic. Right. Cool. All right, well, we are pretty much like two thirds of the way through, so let's do another quick break and look at the singles of this week. Let's yeah? do that. Oh, yes. Right, Top 10 this week, September 22nd to 28th. Nice. Uh, number 10, Utah Saints, What Can You Do For Me, which nice. we saw last week. Number Enjoyed 9, yep. Prodigy Charlie. Nice. Uh, number 8, Sabrina Johnson, Peace. Again, these are all the ones we've seen. Uh, number 7, no, new entry in at 7. Oh, Rosala. Rosala. Saw Rosala um, the week after I saw uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, she was supporting Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, that's right. Actually, it wasn't yeah. a week after, it was, a, it was a month after, but yeah. Right. Yeah, everybody's free. I remember enjoying that. It's, it's, it's you know, cheesy as fuck, but when it gets into it and it's like, bam, 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 I kind of like it. Yeah, I think I like that song. I think it was the only one of her set I did like. Oh, or, I can't... Or anyone else in the in the arena. Oh, I bet you, mate. I'm amazed she the, sang anything else. How the fuck did she get that gig? She, she, I mean, she must have been on Epic. Uh, presumably. Yeah. Has to be. She, it must, Sharing uh, sa- a, Same management, not same. But. Yeah. Uh, right, that's number seven. Number six is Zoe's Sunshine and Rainy Day. Number five, Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. 
Number four, Erasure's Love to Hate You. Right. Number three, uh, we've seen before, Oceanic's Insanity. Mm-hmm. Number two, Song Pepper, Let's Talk About Sex. And guess what's number one? It's Brian Adams. Oh, Which fucking course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. I, need, I was like, what is oh, it? Oh, hold it. Is it new? Oh, no, Jeff, no, it's yes. still Brian Adams. And to be honest, the only other one that I saw that was out this week, peaking at number 15 this week, and I thought this was strange because we just saw another single by this guy uh, in like last week's podcast or the one before, but peaking at number 15... Prince. Yeah. Um... Uh, cream. cream cream yeah I love this song yeah took me two seconds I was, why can't I remember what this is yeah cream so uh, yeah because we just saw Get Off yeah either last week or the week before and I think these are in the chart together yeah maybe I, I think I think it's one of these ones that he just released them because why not but you say you liked cream oh yeah I love cream I was never a fan of cream I think it's okay now but I remember at the it. time thinking it was okay but I was just such a fan of Get Off yeah. that this was a bit more you know it's obviously more laid back slinky that sort of stuff I just want to hear Get Off all the time how did you how did you feel about Thunder don't remember it I don't remember Thunder all through the night promise to see Jesus in the morning light don't ring any bells oh, fucking, it's a shame we're not doing that album is that Diamond and Pearls yeah right I think it's number two mate I think it's held off by something terrible as well oh well we're we're uh, we're not doing that. But uh, cream number fifteen. That's uh, to be honest, the only thing I saw this week that's worth chatting about. Everything oh, really? Else, everything else we've seen before or is not. No. Oh, it's a really thin week. Then, it for, is, uh, yeah. For albums and singles, just as well. We've got a fourteen-track monolith <laughs> of an album to get through, and another fucking bonus one to go after this. Yeah, we have. I can yeah. see you f- how excited you are about that. <laughs> right. Okay. All so right, let's do the, the last bit of uh, G and R then. So track ten, so fine. So this is a Duff song. Quite. In more ways than one. (laughs) Yes. This is... uh, Like, obviously, Duff is the guy with the the punk rock uh, credit. He's the punk rock edge of of Guns N' Roses. Always has been, always was. Uh, This is a song that he wrote... Uh, it's a love song dedicated to Johnny Thunders, yes. who was one of his absolute heroes, and who, had, and who had died yes. that year, right? Yes. Uh, again, the, yeah, the, the ladies at Number One Rewind podcast are going to hate me for saying this, uh-huh. but when it comes to Dust Voice, I think you either love it or you hate it. Uh-huh. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Right. I mean, I, I saw I saw this live a number of times. This was a, this was always a live staple. Uh-huh. Duff getting up and. Singing oh, his way uh, through this. This is when they, uh, Axel went off, did some more drugs. Yeah, yeah, and he'd, he'd, he'd bang out attitude as well. Attitude! Right. What you got to fucking attitude? Uh, right, um, but, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, I don't think his his voice wasn't my biggest issue with this, although I do think it's out of tune, and I don't yeah. think he can sing particularly. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's deliberately that way to a degree, That's I think, what I wonder, yeah. because it almost had to be. I've written, is this deliberately out of tune? Because it sounds like... Maybe if it's an homage to New York Dolls, maybe it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to try and be a bit more sloppy or I mean, not it, the polished rock band that you think we are. I don't know what... The- you know, in in the same way that like, a band like Rancid have got that kind of affectation, yeah. that kind of... that You know, that's a, you know I owe a favour to my friends. Yeah, my maybe. friends, they always come for... You know, uh, 
it's just I don't I don't love it. No, I also don't understand in what way it's a, a tribute or a love song to Johnny Thunders because it, there's nothing about Johnny Thunders in the song. The chorus, I mean, I've written "fuck me." The chorus just kicked in and it says, <laughs> "When the lights went down in your house, yeah, that made me happy. The sweat I make for you, yeah, I think you know where that comes from." What? <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> That's just horrible. You haven't, you haven't but, gone to the next bit that was cut out about where he puts it in a jar and keeps it on a little shelf. <laughs> I well, put it in a jar. I would rather he did that than he goes, goes the next part where he just goes, guitar, come on, and then goes into this really sad guitar yeah. solo. I don't get this at all. I think this is really bad. Yeah, it's a miss for me. Yeah. It's a miss for me. It's, uh, yeah, featured on a couple of the lists that I've seen go through. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I fuck? I know. Duff fans are a strange bunch. Well, okay. And there's the last... Right, I'm going to see if I can play like the last three seconds of this. Because there's, there's a few bad last ten seconds of, of songs oh, yeah. on here. But this one I didn't didn't get. Let me see if I can get to it. Yeah. He just goes, yeah. yeah. What the... What, give yourself a fucking slap. <laughs> That's absolute nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, don't get this one at all, mate. At all. Fair enough. All, all right. right, so the next track is Estranged. Right. You're talking to yourself And nobody's more Your face just listening to this. You're a happy man. This was the last single released off this. It, this is the one in 1994. This is part of the three-song trilogy that they did, which is good. Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. And this one, yeah. yeah. Breakup trilogy, basically. Right. That riff, It fits though, in man, with those. That fucking riff is so good. Oh, yeah? I love that riff. I think it's all right. I, I think it's okay. I love that riff, man. Yeah. You don't mind that this is nine minutes, 23 long? Uh, this is one of my all-time favourite Guns N' Roses songs. Oh, shit. Okay. I fucking love this song. But this That's was, nice. That, yeah. yeah. This is not my first. This was not my favorite song on first or second listen. Oh, okay. this is a song that is. This is a They're song that's grown on me over a long time. This to me, this song, it's as you say, it's nine minutes and twenty-four. Uh huh. Right. It's got a unusual structure. I mean, you've got a chorus that disappears about two minutes into the song. Uh-huh. You know, the chorus gets repeated, I think, twice, and you never hear it again. Sure. But for me, this is a big overblown dramatic song uh, in you know similar in the ways that Locomotive is but this is everything that is good about this excessive era of right Guns well this is obviously towards the ballad end of things Locomotive is yeah. more towards sure. the rock and roll sure yeah but I mean in, ter- in terms of in terms of length and structure and the way they've put uh-huh. these things together uh-huh. by the time you get into the third verse and you start got those kind of compound roles sticking in behind there mm-hmm. and you've kind of got this kind of like the the verses are almost sing-along verses. I, I think about these live. I think about how much I sing along oh, really, yeah. to them, right? And then it just kind of goes, uh, then it goes straight into that solo. Then bang, straight into that into that fourth verse. Then you know you got a second solo. The second solo in this song is fucking ridiculous. It's so good. It's a biggie. So so good. Uh-huh. And then it just kind of drops into that other bit. And then the close. And then when it, the way it just the song just closes down on the on the piano and drums. This song is it's overblown and dramatic. Right? Yes, it of is, it is. Right, and again, it's another kind of big break, broken relationship yeah, song. Like this his one's failed marriage or whatever. Yeah, but it's but it's kind of coming to terms with okay, well, I've got a okay, I've got to live 
without these things that I thought I'd always live with. Right. Uh, I never wanted things to end up this way. This wasn't the plan. You know, this is, you know, kind of a plain, you know, this isn't the fuck you, this was your fault. This is our, our this has happened and now I've got to fucking work out how, okay, it, yeah. how it goes. It's a, it's a more human angle on yeah. on what the aftermath yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I just think this is a fucking great song. I just, okay. I, I love, I love this song. I, you know, I this is this is a song that I've never stopped going back to. Every now and again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it. Is that right? Oh yeah, I go back to this song all the time. Do they still play this live? Yeah, yeah. I think across the albums, these two albums, there's kind of, I think there's four really long songs. Mm-hmm. You got, you got this one. You've got Locomotive. You've got November Rain, and you've got um, Coma. and Coma. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, when I saw them, went on the reunion tour, I think they played all fucking four. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like an entire Slayer gig. Yeah, look, the, the, <laughs> look, the whole... The, the, the thing that has been said so many times about Guns N' Roses, mm. right, and, you know, even as a massive fan, remains true. If they could learn to self-edit... Yeah, they don't if, know when to start. If they, if, you know, they, they obviously, like, subscribe to that maxim that, that more is more. Sure. Right? More is more, right? And, you know, and you know, you can't fault them for going out and giving value for money. If you if you if you go and see Guns N' Roses, you're going to see three hours of Guns N' Roses show. You really are. Well, you don't need to see three hours of Guns N' Roses show, but you know, totally honest with you, a two hour Guns N' Roses show would be a better show. I agree there. But the thing is, whenever you saw them on whenever they did the three and a half hour show yeah. at Wembley, presumably a couple of years uh, back. No, it was at the the Olympic Stadium. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So you saw that. And Big that up was... to my friend Tristan who got me fucking circle tickets. Oh, nice indeed. Uh, but that was just them. It was their show full of big fucking yeah. GNR fans. Three and a half hours and you came back and said it was incredible. You loved every It was minute. incredible. Yeah, it was... Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I saw them with you yeah. at Download two years ago Yeah. and they did three and a half hour show then yeah. and I was so bored. Yeah. And, you know, as a casual fan, I mean, exactly. you know, first of all, you've never heard these songs. No. I mean, you should have done your fucking homework. Well. You should have done your homework. Don't think but, it would have made a difference. Well, fair enough. Uh, but, it's too, yeah, it's too long. It's, yeah. it's too long for a festival set. It's too self-indulgent. They shouldn't have done it. it self-indulgent and, is the word. That's the And thing. again, you know, even for, you know, for, for me watching that set the second time, it was like, oh, this is too long, you know. By the time, by the time they've dragged out the fucking second Pink Floyd or Rolling Stones cover, yeah. it's like... Come on, guys. Guys... You know, you've got six. You you you've got thirty tracks on two albums. You don't need any more covers. No, absolutely not. You don't need any more covers. You've got two, arguably, well, one unnecessary cover on those two albums yeah. anyway. Uh, we'll we'll discuss the other one and later. Bonus, indeed, yeah, um, better than the original. Um, but um, <laughs> anyway, so all of that aside, this is a nine-minute song. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm okay with it. Yeah, totally fine. It's not. It's not one I can see myself going back to in the same way that you have because I've just started hearing it. Yeah, uh, but I think it's fine. I think it's all right. I, I mean, the, I like lots of bits of it. I mean, that was the one. That was the one note. I the only note I gave when we were on this and we were talking about. Listen, I was like, yeah. you probably need to listen to this song a couple more times yeah. just because it's it kind of it's not a, an immediate track. No, there, there's probably more to get out of it, and I did yeah. listen to it a couple more times. But you know, that was earlier today, sure, so, and sure. it's nine minutes. I've only yeah. got. So much time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got shit to do. Yeah. Got shit to do. Yeah. He's got time for that shit. Okay. Axel has. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Decent, yeah, I, Decent. I fucking love a strange dress. That's a big one for me. Fine. Uh, All right. And then, then we're on to You Could Be Mine. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. 
And this was the big single yes. from these albums. Yeah. Yeah. This was the one that was like just before the album was released mm-hmm. and was and carried through, wasn't it? To, yeah. to, to into release. And it's probably, uh, of all the songs on both albums, mm. probably the most like a song from Appetite Destruction. Oh, that makes sense, actually, yes. Yeah, you can hear that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the lyrics for this song are actually in the liner notes of Appetite for Destruction. Oh, is that right? Yeah, with your bitch slap racking and your cocaine dung, you get nothing done. Oh, I see. That's in the liner notes of uh, Appetite. Right, so they were already some uh, way into writing but, yeah, this. Yeah, but let's talk about that for a second, that lyric. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> I mean, what does it mean? Who cares? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But listen to this, though. The quote. This is a huge long Bang. intro for a single. Here we well. go. Oh, I'll be into that, though. Yeah, it's a full minute of guitars and drums before yeah. any vocals kick in. Yeah, yeah and I'm which, absolutely right. Which is fine. It's strange for a radio single. Right. I will say that this is probably my favourite Guns N' Roses song. Holy fuck. Seriously. I love this song. Above every other one. Above above Paradise City, above uh, Sweet Child, above Welcome to the Jungle, yeah. above Night Train. Oh. Mr. Brownstone? Yeah, I mean... Fuck me. Yeah, I mean, this and Night Train are probably my two favourite Guns N' Roses songs. Okay. Right. Uh, I fucking love this song. It's, it, every time I wow. hear it, it never, never ever gets old. So yeah, yeah, absolutely fucking love this song. Is is part of that fifteen year old Dave going? Whenever this came out, I, you know, loved it with all my heart. And I mean, yeah, quite quite a lot. But this 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 song pushes buttons in me. Yeah, the pacing of it, the the riffs, the way it's structured, the kind of the wave actual voice that come, uh, sounds uh-huh. when it comes in. It just pushes buttons in me in the ways that only songs that I really genuinely genuinely love do okay. every time I hear them. Wow, right. Yeah, uh, you know, I love this song, you know. And my favorite, you know, saying a song is my favorite Guns N' Roses song puts it up pretty high on my oh. on songs favorite songs that I like. Of course it know? does. My god, yeah. I, you know, I just, wow. I, I just love this song. I just, yeah. I, I can't. I, I, I've, I've written very, very few notes about this because it's very difficult to put into words. It's just a visceral reaction. Yeah, it's just a visceral reaction. It's just a, it's just a fucking great fucking rock song that does all the right things and hits all, hits all the right kind of pace buttons. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of you got that bridge and then you got that bit at the end where he's like, well, you know, because we've been breaking down my back and I've been racking out my brains and it just that does that bit in the fast tempo. You can call upon my mileage, but your flaps are wearing thin. It's, it's just <laughs> fucking so good, like the delivery on it. I bet you had a grown up, yeah, dad, you. Oh. I love how much you're loving this. Yeah. I love how much you're enjoying yeah. this. I think it's all right. Oh, you're an idiot. I think it's all right. The thing is, I actively disliked it at the time. Right. Because I didn't like that whole sound. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous, you know, stuff. Absolute weird. I can, I can see that just staying in your face, and I'm oh, gonna yeah. fucking get up in a minute and knock it off. <laughs> it was not what I was into at all. I'm not overly keen on all the vocals. I think he goes full axle a bit too much yeah. on this. That's, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's the that's what you want him to do. That's what you want him to that's do. That's what I want him yeah, to no, do. You're right. Of course. Um, and I think the ending is doesn't work. I don't like the way this ends. Oh, see, I love the way this right. song ends. But I wonder if it's because I've just heard it so often over the years. I know I'm like, actually, yes, it's all right. This right. is fine. This is good. There are bits which I do enjoy now. Yeah. And it might just be that I've been bullied into it by hearing it over and right, over right, and right. over. 
But no, I think, yeah, this is all right. This is good. Oh, I is can't get as excited as you oh, are. I think this is brilliant. This wow. Song. This is, yeah, I mean, this is the best song on both of these albums. Oh, right, It's not yeah. the most inventive. It's, you know. I know, and it, it's, and it, it's and, balls know, out, guns and noses. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing, you know. Uh, there is There is a truth that, I would generally speaking rather hear nearly anything on Appetite than anything on these albums. As much as I still fucking love them, right? Sure. I wouldn't want to hear a live set without hearing some of these songs. Fine. I feel very dis- I mean I mean I would love to go back to nineteen fucking eighty eight and see him play at the fucking uh the legendary show at the Marquee that I Oh, oh right. Oh my god, I'd love to be at that show. Okay. Anyway But, but failing that. You know that people have that question. If you could go back in time and see any one yeah. show, what would it be? And people are always like, you know, oh, you know, Zeppelin at Nebworth. Sure. And that'd be up there for me, but it Hendrix would be at whatever. It would be probably be uh it'd probably be Guns N' Roses at the Marquee. Okay. That'd probably be my show. That's the one. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. So yeah, uh okay, so you're uh you're a what you're oh, a, I'm, a, I'm an amber for sure. Amber. How can you be an amber? Amber on this. I I did not enjoy this as much as I enjoyed locomotive. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Wait, okay. Did, did you enjoy it as much as you enjoyed Estranged? Uh, I probably liked Estranged more. Okay. Estranged was more interesting to me. Right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But I'm, I, I'm very happy that you love it this much. I That's love, brilliant. I love it, I love it man. Fucking I love amazing. It. Right. So let's go. Right. So we're near the end, actually. So track yeah. 13. Yeah. I mean, this is the fake Don't yeah. Cry. Okay, I mean, so this I, 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 I wouldn't even bother playing this. Okay, what's this, the thinking behind right, this? This is uh, I don't. This is Don't Cry, the alternative version. Right? Yes. Now, basically, uh, we'll talk about Don't Cry on the on the bonus podcast. Yeah, because it's on this first album, and it's the original version on there. Yeah, and that was a single as well, wasn't it? Yeah. This is. I mean, this is one of the. This is arguably. I mean, depending on how much you can believe what they. This is in theory the first song that. Guns N' Roses ever wrote together. Oh, right, I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this was on the original demos that they gave to Geffen right. and all of that kind of stuff, right? They were, when they were just messing around with the central bit. It's their, their big ballad. It's part of that mm-hmm. breakup trilogy. Sure. Um, it's that kind of big, powerful ballad that I think Guns N' Roses do particularly well. Uh-huh. But this is a version with slightly differently phrased uh, and different lyrics to the verses only. Yeah. Right? It's... And it's a very, very minimal difference to make another song. It like is. It. For me, this is a B-side. Okay, or, yeah. yeah. Extras on yeah. the re-release album. Yeah, or it's a, yeah, like you say, it's an extra on that. It's an yeah. alternative take. It's sure. a rarities compilation. Mate, there were some of the singles I was looking through, and they had on there, one of the the tracks on the single was an interview with Slash. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of shit they were putting on there. Yeah. This could absolutely have been. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, dude, they, they had a license to print money, you yeah, got to remember. That's what that was. They, had, they could put out any old shit, yeah. and people would buy it, oh, because they, they were that fucking big, right? That's yeah. what they were. They were, they were Money machine. Absolutely, right? If the other version of Don't Cry didn't exist, this would be a perfectly decent song. Yeah. Right? The other version of Don't Cry does exist. Some people prefer this version. There's no difference. Well, they care, they prefer the lyric. Okay. Okay. Um, or, they prefer, or they prefer the slight, like, kind of, because it, it is a slightly different uh, delivery and right. it's in a kind of a different kind of timber kind phrasing. of thing yeah uh, but only minimally yeah um so i don't see the point in this no i think it, i think it's pure cheek to to have this as a track on the album well the thing is it's not, it's not a cheek though because because it's one of 14 tracks oh yeah but right there are 16 songs on the other album yeah Take one of those off there and make this 215 yeah i mean look uh, the the whole you know the whole I'll point of all of this is 
if you're going to put out two out of this is the thing right here's the the, the problem in general mm. right if you're going to put out an album mm-hmm. and then you go oh we've got too many songs we're going to put out a double album straight away that's a problem yes right or there, there are very few instances of that working out well absolutely right? um, we, haven't, we haven't got time to discuss that no we can very... do that as a, a Twitter discussion yeah you know, where you couldn't lose any songs yeah. off a double album right that very... but then you go right okay so we got, we got, we're going to put out two albums okay right so uh, well, each one of those should really be 10 tracks each. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, 10 tracks each, because that's a good... Uh, okay, so here they've gone, well, no, we're not doing that either. Here's 30 tracks. Yeah. Here's an extra 10 tracks across two records, okay? Yeah. Okay, okay, well, in that case, though, you make sure that the songs are of a reasonable length. And they go, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that either. What we're going to do yeah. is we're going to put out over two and a half hours worth of music. Mm-hmm. Right, um, you know, we've been talking about when we were getting albums before. We wanted an album to be forty-five minutes. Uh, one side of a C ninety, right. done. Okay, <laughs> this was two C nineties essentially, yeah. two and a half probably. Yeah, yeah, you know, this, madness. You know, and fair enough, right? If you, if that is your mindset, that more is more, and you genuinely think you're delivering what people want, and that's what you yeah. know. Okay, yes, you can. You know, it's difficult to argue with that. Yeah. Of the more is more. You're giving us more. Oh, right? shit, yeah. That's, that's value for money. But I, editors get paid well for a very good reason. This is the... And this is... This is this conversation about knowing when to say no. Mm-hmm. No, this is a terrible idea. Let's not include this. Yeah. Never. Save that for your solo project. Never, Stick this never. this on the extras. Ever has that been more relevant than when I say the next track is called My World. Oh, God. You want to step into my world? It's a social psychotic state of bliss. You've been delayed in the Stop real it. world. Stop it. Right. What's this, going on? Okay. What, what's going on, in theory, if you leave, listen to the thing, is Axel and some people are in the studio on Mushrooms. Okay. And, and they've recorded this. Right Now, what this is is uh-huh. a prime example of when, <laughs> you know, You've got into listening to Nine Inch Nails, sure, and you're listening to some NWA, and you listen yeah, to some stuff. You listen to some stuff that is outside of the things that you've grown up in or your influence, and you go like, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll have a go at that, yeah. right? What this is is a, re- a reason to go. Just because I like it doesn't mean I can do it. Absolutely right? not. It's you know what I mean? Like I, I, I respect the art of brain surgery. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I'm thinking that's a valid thing. I'm into it. I'd yeah. watch a video on it. I'd be like, that's fucking exciting well to me. That's done. good. Well done. Mm. Doesn't mean I think I can fucking do it. No. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. This, you is, know. this is beyond parody. This yeah. One. You know, I, I'm a comedian. I like musical comedians, but I don't play an instrument, so I'm not going to try and do it. God, right. No. I mean, we all knew this was shit at the time. Did you, oh, right. This oh, was never. Oh, I like this direction. Oh, no, no. I don't think I knew anyone that did. No. I mean, I mean, someone's going to come out of the fucking woodwork. God, oh, uh, uh, it was experimental. I mean, this, you know, <laughs> I mean, somewhere a nine-year-old Fred Durst went, <laughs> this is the music I want to make. Yeah. But no, this is terrible. This is Methods of Mayhem, but worse. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, nothing is worse than Methods of Mayhem. <laughs> this, is, this is still better than Methods of Mayhem. But look, right, this is bad. Yes. It's, it's bad. It's awful. Um, a terrible idea, terribly executed. Yeah. But only a minute and a You half want to long. step into my world, it's a socio-psychotic state of bliss. You've been delayed in the real world, but how many times have you hit and miss? It's god-awful. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's indefensible, right? Yes. And I sit here as the as the face of 
defense. Right? Yeah, quite. Well, right? defense. 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 Right. And look, so that's that album. Yeah, let's never speak about My World Again. No, God, no. Let's never. Let's but, never. So, right. We have got to the end of that record. Yes, okay. Okay. Yep. Now, obviously, I like that record more than you do. Oh, of course. And that was always going to be the case. Always going to be the case. fine. Right. Um, and just, I'm assuming this is the first time you listened to it start to finish in a while. You'd be surprised. Oh, would I? Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, how does it stand up? Um, this was Still... all, this to me was always the weaker of the two albums. Okay. But with the higher points. The higher high points. Yeah. Right. Because it's got a strange and it's got you could be mine on okay. it. And I love and I really love Civil War as well. Mm, yeah. And I really love Locomotion. Yep. Okay. Locomo- um, locomotive. Sorry. Um, so you know, I think. Uh, I, but you the, enjoyed listening through it. You, you, you were like, yeah, yeah the, this is still good for the for the most part. I think it's it's okay. It, you know, there, there is there, there's, you know, the the whole project is bloated. Sure, I've been aware that the whole project is bloated for many many years. Yeah, sure. That's of no surprise to me. But okay, put it this way: Were there any tracks that you listened to on this pass and you went, actually, that's not as good as I remember? And you were slightly disappointed, or was it like, uh, no, nope, I still like this one, and I still don't like that I one. Mean, I think probably, I think I probably remember liking Shotgun Blues more. We'll have this discussion again mm. at the end of the next yeah. record. Um, the fact that I am still so kind of done with knocking on heaven's door, I thought maybe enough time had passed oh, I that I might have some affection it, for that. No. Uh, you know, because that's happened to me before. I've been back and I've been like, ah, oh, this is familiar and I like it. But no, I've just, I've like, I've probably gone more the other way on that. Okay. Like, I can't even tolerate this at all now. Okay. Uh, I'd oh. forgotten about the existence of 14 years, to be honest with that, you. Oh, right, yeah. 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 Like I say, it was neither here nor there, that one. Yeah. You're saying that you enjoyed it more than me. Absolutely true. Yeah. You're presumably going to have a much harder time whittling, whittling this down to three songs to put onto our playlist. Well, I mean, I've got six songs starred on there right that would be a short list for me right six out of 14 yeah. yes okay uh but, well, well six out of 13 because again we're never talking about my world again yeah, yeah. you just did though you prick <laughs> and i can lose a couple of those straight away fairly easily and right that decision is made easier for me by the you know i mean i, I will straight away lose yesterday's off that okay good because yep. that, that would be that would be uh the lesser of my caveat fine. so that would leave me with five which will be fine okay civil war yep i've got a green beside that yep uh pretty tied up pretty tied up i've got an orange uh, locomotive. I got a green. Estranged. I got an orange. And you could be mine. I got an orange. Right. Okay. Fine. So, uh, I mean, okay. So we'll we'll tie in we'll tie we'll tie in Civil War and Locomotive straight away. Well, you see, I'm I'm happy to do that because I like them most. Yep. But this one is going to be more your choices. I'm fine to lose one of those if you want to put in different ones. No, I'm all right because I mean the thing of it is right. I think we need locomotive on there. I really like locomotive, mm. and I really, really like uh, Civil War. Yep. But well, like, the other one is yours. Well, the thing is, you could be mine, which is my favourite. Yep. It, everyone knows it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be on a playlist. Exactly. Right. So I'm going to go. With, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to go with the Stranged. Fine which, with me. But that does mean we're putting two tracks that are like really fucking long on there. We are. And as much as anyone actually listens to this, but you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah true enough. True enough. Yeah. All right, wicked. That's great. I'm fine then. doing that. I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. Wonderful stuff. So, okay. And right. So let's. And so, how did you feel listening to this as an album? Um, as an album, I think it's patchy as fuck. Yeah. Um, I think it's at least half that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones I do like, I mean, the, the two that I really like, yeah. are wicked, yeah. and I really like those. And I will enjoy listening to them again. Yeah. Uh, the ones that I'm okay on, some of them, 
yeah, banging. Some of them, yeah, you know, if I don't hear them again, that's fine. Did you only end up with two greens? Did you have an extra? Do you, no, you, two, two, you had two, two greens. greens two, right. Actually, yes, this I really like. Cool. There was a lot of stuff that I was between, let's say, seven and five out of ten yeah. on. But those were the two that were up top. Cool. That's yeah. cool. I, so it was I, fine. In in some ways, you know, in some ways, better than I expected. Yeah. I, mean, I must admit that the ones I don't like, I think are really quite bad. I mean, there are some bad There are some bad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we vehemently disagree on yesterday's. Yes, And I, I must admit, I, I, obviously, the issue with that under vocal, I, I, I kind of thought you might go for that one. because. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's kind of a more, like I say, more kind of sing. I can hear things that you like in that song, but it's the vocal that kills it. Yeah, it really is for me. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, all right, so that I mean yeah. that, that was a surprise to me, and I'm surprised that that you're as lukewarm as you are, and you could be mine because you're an idiot. But <laughs> fair, right? Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if yeah. you want to hear us continue this conversation, uh, and by which you mean me fucking be disappointed in Kristen's opinions on this record, <laughs> we're going to go over. There's going to be another podcast. We're going to bring. Are we going to bring us out the same day? Or later in the week. Could be today. Could be towards the end of the week. Who knows? It's secrets. Mm. It's secrets. Just fucking subscribe, you pricks. And if you have had enough Guns N' Roses chat, then feel free to uh, download and then delete because then we get the figures. Oh, yeah, do that. Yeah. But yeah, you can just join us for next week's one when we're talking about Brian Adams. Oh, God, is it Waking Up the Neighbours? Yes, it is. <sighs> That's what we're doing next week. Uh, and uh, hold that thought for when we talk about the first track on uh, Usual Illusion 1. Anyway, um, right, guys, thank you f- for joining us as always. Thank you, Waffles Dog, for being here yes, and being mate. silent in the corner. Yep, See you later. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.